radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Shea Theodore to center. Dump the puck in. A crazy bounce right to the front of the net. Top stop by Holpe. Oh, my goodness. What a save by Braden Holpe after the puck bounced through the crease, and it looked like it was going to be a freebie to tie it up. Yeah, you know what? I can't look either. A crazy bounce that gives the Vegas Golden Knights a glorious opportunity. And how about Braden Holpe? This one, the dump in goes off a stanchion. And look at the reaction of Holpe, but he's right there on the doorstep. For Friday, April 30th, 2021, it's the Laced Up Hockey Podcast, and uh, I am still James Cole. Hi, I'm Brutes Battaglia from The High Button. How you doing, man? Pretty good, I think. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm hoping my New England Patriots get Aaron Rodgers. Um... The Red Sox are not horrible. In fact, they're actually good this year. Uh, the Raptors are fine, as we'll talk about later. And the Leafs uh, the Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup. So I- I'm good. Wow, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that, man. Yeah, well, we have a good the re- episode coming up. The reason I say that is because we beat the uh, undisputed juggernaut Montreal Canadiens on Wednesday night, right? Because they are the best team in the North Division, as everyone said in uh, January 20th to 30th. So, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of things I haven't heard from in a few months, uh, we're joined by Rodzi Abazurez uh, in an interview later on uh, in the episode. Um, but uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, we had a great time sitting down with him. Yeah. Can't wait for you guys to check that out. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know what, man, man, I'm glad for you. The Leafs are going to win. The Patriots have done all the winning and uh, the Red yeah. Sox look good too. So you're doing, you're doing great. Glad, glad to hear it. Thanks, man. I, I mean, I guess before we get to, uh, before we get to the hockey end of it, I am curious with you because you do seem a little, a little more fired up about the Jays than normal. Or maybe that's just Jay's Twitter and it's not you. But how do you how do you feel as a Jay's fan so far into the year? Like uh good, bad? What what are you thinking? Have you watched them? I don't even know. I just I feel like you're <laughs> feel like you're fired I, up, I have, maybe. I have tuned in for the most ridiculous games of the year. I, I swear to God. Like I, I tuned in for the season opener, but I had to like leave for work, so I missed the ending. Uh I've I've caught in bits and pieces of other games along the way. I made a point of tuning in a couple nights ago because i thought george springer was gonna play and then he (laughs) didn't but it was the night that guerrero had like three home runs and seven rbis so that was fun yeah that and then i tuned in yesterday for the george springer debut not so fun um i don't know like i'm i'm about they're they're doing about as as well as i kind of expected them to be doing um overall so i'm i'm content do you think good things? Like, are you excited for George Springer still? Or was was the other night sobering, even though it was one game? 
I, w- I definitely wouldn't say it's sobering. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed that we had to wait this long to get him. Like, yeah, I, I do wonder how the landscape of the season would look even a month in, because like by all accounts, it only has been a month now. So, uh, just how different it might be had he been playing the whole time. How long is going to take him to get back up to that level that, you know, I think we're all expecting? Because I think there's at this point, I think there's way too much hype being placed around the dude. The good thing is, is that uh, Vladimir Guerrero seems to be taking on uh, some of that hype and yeah. uh, running with it. So, I don't know. Like I said, like they're they're pretty par for the course for me. Um, if if anything, I'm I've been more impressed with the the pitching that I expected to be, and I'm a little disappointed in the hitting than a little more disappointed in the hitting than I thought I would be. So, yeah. I mean that's good if you feel good about the pitching because you guys don't have any healthy pitchers. So I mean if if you, if you yeah, feel dude. good about it, then think about how good you're going to feel uh, when you have guys. And uh, and what I would say too, like even even to make you even feel more encouraged, is like over the last ten games, uh, the Red Sox are six and four, the Rays are five and five, you guys are five and five, the Orioles are four and six, and the Yankees are six and four. Like the division's been. The Red Sox are not coming back to earth, but they're not winning at a crazy clip like they were the first little bit. Uh, like they they won nine in a row, right? Like now now they're kind of back to right. yeah. where we figured the Red Sox would be. The the thing for me is like a Red Sox fan is like I was worried that they weren't going to have a stretch where they won nine games in a row, or like obviously winning nine in a row is incredibly difficult. Where they won like eight of eleven or anything like that. Like I figured that stretch wasn't going to come. And the fact that they got that stretch earlier in the year, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, they're not going to win the world series, but like, it reminds me of like 2013 where like I went in with no expectations and the team was like, okay, okay. And then they just all grew beards and they just started winning a fuck ton of games. And it was like, okay, I guess this team rocks, even though like the third best hitters, Jared Saltalamakia. So it was uh, like, that was cool. But I mean, it's the fact that they got some winning out of the way I feel good about. And for you guys, I think the winning is yet to come that we expected. And in, even in that, I think it's a little like, that's encouraging too, to know that I hope so. You guys are 500 without a lot of the major players that you would expect to be there. So. Yeah, that'd be nice. Hey, uh, to the Yankees losing. Am I right? Yeah, they're still last in the division. This season's fucking awesome. It's my favorite baseball season in a while. It's great. Having a great time. The only thing that Red Sox and Blue Jays fans can unite around is the, the <laughs> perpetual fallout of the New York Yankees. Yeah, I kind of I like I kind of like you guys. Like you guys would be you'd be the divisional <laughs> ally this year. Like if I had to pick one team in the division that I don't hate, it's you guys this year. I, I'm in. Nice. You like if you guys cool. win, I'm like, yeah, you guys got a cool group. Like that's uh, that'd be great if you guys won some games. So I, I'm in. Go Jays, I guess. Kind of. I like I like the Green Giant. So sure. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I built it myself, <laughs> sir. You, you have a great ballpark, sir. <laughs> thank you, um, sir. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna we got look lots to get to. Like I said, we got Al, uh, Rod Albazares coming up later. Um, wow. So we got a couple things hockey wise. We got to clean up and get out of the way because we're gonna have a lot of fun. We promised you a lot of fun. I think last week we talked about how depressing it was, so we wanted to change things up and have a good time. Um, That's true. Wow, this is not the way to start off the uh, good time <laughs> train. But uh... <laughs> I love you. Build the breakdowns. You have the choice of not starting depressing. All right, but let's do it. Fuck it. What do we got? Yeah. What do we got? Um, Red. We we both read a, a fantastic article. Um, 
Oh few no, years this ago is good. About, I think. Uh, Joe, well, it's just sad because one of one of these people wow. is no longer with us. But yeah, but I I've, uh, I've kind of made peace with it. Yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, Joe Thornton is best friends, uh, or was best friends with Gord Downey of the Tragically Hip, which so cool. Like on paper, so is, cool. Like, is that the coolest celebrity like friendship that you like could imagine possibly? It'd be like if Matt Damon was best friends with like Ronald Tattis Jr. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't. Uh... Hmm. What would be the coolest thing? Yeah, I guess if I found out that like, yeah, if like I if I found out no, like that's the coolest thing because it's like uh, it, it's my favorite. It's like my favorite lyricist of all time. Like my favorite musical poet uh, is friends with one of my favorite athletes of all time. Um, I, I think it's cool. And, and like, it's hard not to like Joe Thornton too. Like, that's the other thing, right? For me, like, I just think that they're two such likable dudes and the idea that they, the idea that they had a major impact on each other was just like, that's so, that's so profound to me. Right. Like, it's just like, uh, and again, like it's music and hockey are like my two favorite things in the world. Like those are the top two. So it's just like, you know, to find out that uh, major figures from both end of it, um, you know, had such a close relationship. The idea that, uh, that like, Gord Downey had a large, a large reason to thank, I guess, for Joe Thornton signing in Toronto and coming home. Like, even that, it's just like, even right now, I feel like the thumbprint of the tragically hip on the Toronto Maple Leaf season like to read it, I was just like that. It, it is so surreal to me to think that, uh, and I never, I know, I had no idea they were friends. I don't know if people knew that before the article, but it kind of seemed like yeah, this was a very yeah, secret, private friendship. I mean, they're both pretty private dudes, even though they're both super famous. So, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a cool thing to read and find out, and, um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it was the coolest article I've read in a long time, I guess. Yeah, and like I, you you go deeper and deeper, and and you start putting the puzzle pieces together, and like a lot of it, like on the surface, you go, "Wow, that's crazy!" Like how 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 were those two? Like how would they have even met? And yeah. then you go on, and you're like, "Wow, like it's kind of crazy that like they didn't meet sooner in a way." Like, <laughs> like just like, like no, but like you know what I mean? Like yeah, obviously, like Harry Sindine being his. Go- godfather go down his godfather well like yeah he drafted joe thornton so like obviously he would know yeah and 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 like even just the fact that like if patrick downey gord's brother didn't work for the bruins at the time like this probably would have never happened right like they exactly they they probably would have eventually met and become friends but it, it it likely would have been later in life and uh only because gord downey would have just been like can someone bring me joe thornton you know what I mean? Like it, it probably would not have happened organically like that. And the fact and that for, uh, the fact that that happened is just like, I don't know, man. Like it, it was one of the few times where like, I really don't care about what people do in their personal lives uh, that, that I don't know, especially like, even if they're famous, like I, I don't care at all. But uh, this was one of the few times where I'm like, wow, like, I, I wish I could have been in on some of those conversations because that that must have been fascinating. Like, they are just two of the most interesting, famous people that I've ever heard of. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. 
Yeah. And even the idea that the reporter asked the question, what kind of music are you like to ask that question, like gets the ball rolling in in a way. Right. So you could have asked him what his favorite fucking pizza topping was and avoided (laughs) this entire thing. But here we are. That's right. Great article. Go check it out on the athletic. I don't remember who wrote it, but uh, Josh Cloakey. There it is. Perfect. Love it. Um, all right. So, uh, NHL big news. They signed a brand new TV deal with Let's Turner go. Sports. Let's for go. Seven baby. years. Uh, beginning next season. It's it's got the winter classics. That's that's all Turner Sports. They Let's get go. three of the Stanley Cup finals. Big news there. Um Turner Sports comes out, puts out a, a nice big release. Here we are, here we are. We're proud. We're we got hockey. Alex Ovechkin, that's our guy. Andrew Ferentz is also a guy <laughs> that used to play hockey. Um, <laughs> I forgot. I keep forgetting one, about one that. One of the most baffling media images I've ever seen. Because, like, I I had to look at it for a while to figure out, like, where Ooh, we want Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, like, A, who this guy is. Yeah. <laughs> and then, B, like, once I figured out it was Andrew Ferentz, I was like, yeah. okay, well, like, is he like dating the dude's like daughter that owns TNT? Right. No, I didn't know. And like, it took me a while to just realize that all they did was Google Edmonton Oilers captain, and that's the image they came up with. Yeah, they tried to find Connor McDavid. Yeah, I mean, like, sure, it's one of those things where it's like we've all been again. There. It's but but even still, it's like again, how 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 many things do you have to do in a day that this that you didn't pay attention to fact checking that like whatever like like that's it's a weird one to me like that's just a weird one to me again going back to what we talked about last week i proofread a tweet and that takes no time and i spend more time reading the tweet over than i do typing it so how do you not as someone who's putting this out to like tens of millions of people not just like check to make sure it's the right guy but like whatever to me it was one of those things where and uh, it's not like I like Ted Turner, but I do like Turner TV and the products that they put out and how they've done with a lot of things. Um, I wasn't mad. I was like, all right, that, that actually rocks. Like, <laughs> it's cool. Fuck it. Who cares? Um, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's it's not like anyone uh, who was sitting. It's not like anyone was sitting there being like, Ooh, I wonder what Connor McDavid looks like. Like no one gives a shit. You could have told everyone that that was Connor McDavid and just ran with it. And it would have been like, uh, when they actually see Connor McDavid, they're not going to know the difference. It's just a white guy wearing an Edmonton Oilers Jersey with a K with a C on it. It wasn't, and it wasn't Gretzky. That's all they know. And so that's fine. Um, I thought it was awesome. I thought, uh, I thought the reactions were great. It was a great thing on Twitter. I thought Andrew Ference's, uh reaction was great. Um, and I don't like Andrew Ference, but he, he 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 ran with it. Like, it was cool. So, um, yeah. Like, it was one of those things where it, it is literally no impact. And was it funny at the time? Of course it was. It was hilarious. Um. Yeah, I, I had a great time. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I also think it's hilarious that the NHL is finally once again going to try to make hockey stick in Atlanta. Um, they're going to yeah. do it for seven more years. And uh, I don't know. Like, I, I was surprised. I think a lot of people at the end of the day, obviously the ESPN deal came through and, and, and that was fantastic. 
big news there. But I think a lot of people still kind of had that belief that NBC was going to hang on to the other portion of this TV contract because they, you know, they have been with the league for the past 10 years and uh, they have, they have some good takeaways. Like they have some people that are competent at their jobs that, that they've gone out and hired to, to specifically cover hockey. Obviously they just lost Doc Emmerich. So um, maybe they felt that if there was a time to step away, it was now. Um, and that, and that's seemingly is what happened because uh, NBC has gone. Turner is in um, get to your expectations in a moment, but perhaps uh, a soliloquy of sorts for NBC. What, what, what will NBC's coverage of the NHL be most remembered by uh, in, in, in 20 years? Uh, I, uh, that bad, eh? yeah, I don't, I don't really like NBC. Um, I think NBC, yeah, honestly, I, I don't have anything positive to say really. I like, I, I like Doc Emmerich. Um, I like John Forsland. I like a lot of the people that they put in place, but like they, they didn't do that. Right. Like, like Doc Emmerich was around before he worked for NBC. Um, you know, like the talented people like Brian Boucher was an NHL product. It's not like they found this guy out of nowhere. He played in the NHL and they're like, Hey, how about we hire this guy? And cool. Yeah. If you throw enough shit at a wall, eventually some of it's going to stick. So, um, if you throw enough pucks at Brian Boucher, eventually it'll save one of them. That's, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless it's Ovechkin on his back. (laughs) And so like, I can't give NBC very much credit in that regard. Like, like hiring the right people is not something that they deserve a ton of props for. And here's the other thing. They actually didn't. I think most of their broadcast crew has been, has been not good and has steadily almost gotten worse as time went on. Like put it this way. Like they used to have Anson Carter full time and now Anson Carter is Sportsnet and doesn't really do NBC anymore. And it's like, yeah, Anson Carter is yeah. like one of the few guys I actually liked listening to on NBC, and now he's gone. Um, so I can't I give them any credit Sharp for that. Has been a, a nice diamond in the rough. Sharp's Sharp Sharp. I'll say this about Patrick Sharp. Sharp is good enough to be on there, but if I were putting together a panel of guys that I want doing the hockey, uh, doing that kind of stuff, like I would want Patrick Sharp doing. Um, a Monday night game where it's your B crew. Like Patrick Sharp's a B crew guy to me. Patrick Sharp is not anything special. Like would I put him on, on Sportsnet and replace uh, someone with him? Probably not. Like he, he is roughly as good as Anthony Stewart, but he's not as funny as Anthony Stewart. So it's like, I'd rather just have Anthony Stewart kind of thing. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't think Patrick Sharp's amazing, but he's okay. Um, But here's kind of where I'm going with this. It's just like, uh, the problem with NBC is that every time you watch the intermission, they come on and it feels so robotic. Like it feels like you're listening to people who were given a script of how to talk about hockey. And this is what we're going to say about hockey. And then we're going to go to commercial and that's our intermission. And it feels incredibly awkward and it just, it doesn't feel right. Like even when they're joking around, it just feels so there's no chemistry at all. None. And that 
that is the fault of the people that are in charge of the broadcast. I, I don't know, Josh flood or something. His name is, I can't remember the guy who, who is in charge of the NBC broadcast for sports, but like it's flood. I don't know the first name, but yeah, yeah it, it's not, it's not good. And, and it's, and it's been getting worse. And part of the reason why I liked watching NBC is because of their play by play talent. And for the most part, play by play guys hop network to network routinely. These aren't people that we can't just get at TNT and that we can't just get like maybe one of the only guys that's going to have contracting issues is Mike Tirico, but even he does enough sports where it's like, I think TNT will just give him a job or ESPN will just give him work. And it's like, cool, great. He should start doing hockey. I realize it's like 10th on his priority list, but he's unbelievable. Like, please get him to do hockey. Cause he's cool. Um, so yeah, like I, I think they've done a bad job at cultivating any sort of culture there. And uh, I'm not really going to miss them because all the broadcasters are still, or at least all the half-decent ones are going to get work with other networks. And uh, um, the only thing they were really good with was their camera guys were awesome. And the replays and stuff like that, that was all good. But the actual broadcasting, which is the thing that I want as a hockey fan, was horrible. And I watched most NBC games uh, with music on instead of listening to the audio toward the end because I couldn't do it anymore. And uh, that's a problem. Like, that's not good. But uh, I'll do this. Uh, like, I'll say this. They made uh, Lake Tahoe look fucking great. And I'm sure I'm sure that was all them. When it wasn't melting. Um... That's right. Oh, everyone's falling. Let's oh. uh, go back to our hotel for nine hours. Most memorable for me would probably be the uh, Wednesday night rivalry thing that they did. <laughs> Obviously, up here in Canada, we didn't really have to deal with a lot of NBC coverage. But when we did, it was, you know, the Stanley Cup finals and stuff for some reason. But, um, yeah, they did the Wednesday night thing, which was interesting because uh, apparently every sport has to have a night. And uh, this is one of the questions that has been asked of uh, Turner is, is is what what night will will it be what what night is hockey night for for the this this new enterprise that's going to take on uh, these these games they already cover uh major league baseball and they've got nba and wrestling and um it's going to be a tight schedule um I, i'm curious to see what they come up with obviously in, in america you you can't put anything on television on sundays and you can't put anything on television on probably mondays or thursdays or fridays or saturdays so yeah tuesday wednesday i guess take your pick for for hockey in the states it's not it's not great but take what you can get at this point um maybe maybe espn will take tuesdays and turner will take wednesdays and that'll be we we can all live in harmony that'd that'd be nice wouldn't it yeah i mean like even to your point too right like the nbc did uh did their rivalry nights and and they pick wednesday and then sportsnet like a few years ago was like how about we just put jeff merrick and a bunch of his friends on on wednesday nights and uh, we'll just do wednesday night too in canada and we'll just match up with with nbc and everyone's like yeah that's way like way better like i'd rather listen to jeff merrick all the time than anyone on nbc kind of thing and it, and it and to to their credit like they're still doing it and nbc is not so um yeah rivalry night was a was a fail for sure uh yeah whatever night turner decides to do like i i don't really know i don't really know that it matters too too much 
Um, I know that Wednesdays and, and here would be one thing I would say is Wednesdays are, or sorry, Tuesdays are a fairly popular, uh, pub night at universities and colleges and things like that. I think that there's something to do if you want to do some sort of a Tuesday night NHL thing, if you sell it the right way. Uh, but that like going back to the issue with NBC is just like, I feel like they have not done a good job or sorry, any sort of a job trying to sell the NHL beyond uh, what it was seven years ago. Like, I don't think NBC did anything to grow the sport. And I, I don't really think they tried. Um, I think one thing with Turner is that I don't know that they do, but it have just always got the impression because they do such a good job with every other sport. They seem to do quite a bit of research on what is going to sell their product. And it gives me a lot of optimism for the NHL. Like I, uh, when I saw that they got the deal, I was very excited. So going back to your point, do I think that they can create a night where they can make it their own? It's not going to be easy, especially if you're working with Tuesday and Wednesday versus a Saturday or Sunday. But, uh, I think Turner is very capable of doing it. And obviously I have total, I have a lot of confidence in ESPN. So, um, I, 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 I like these deals. Like I, I think these are both, these are both good things. A little over one and a half billion dollars will be made, uh, by the NHL by the time this deal is over with Turner sports. Um, obviously that that's a big grab. That's a, that's a miles ahead of where we were 16 years ago when they signed the deal with NBC. Um, Obviously, up here in Canada, there's a whole different TV TV deal. So anyone that's listening to us, well, not anyone, but but the majority of people listening to us, this probably doesn't affect you. But I, I want to stress that this number, this this you know uh, billion and a half dollars coming in, that that is only going to help teams uh, succeed. It's going to help you know uh, drive the salary cap up. It's going to help drive the popularity of the sport up, hopefully. And um, I I can't say enough about how this is a, a, a big win for the NHL at this point. Do you think that they can do something similar to what they've done with the panel on TNT with basketball and create something that has such good chemistry that it almost in and of itself brings people in? Because I think, I think the national games on TNT do that. Like I think people are willing to watch whatever it is just to see Shaq and Kenny and Charles and, and Ernie and, you know, every once in a while someone else works in. Like, obviously, it's not going to be as big as the, the NBA on TNT panel would be. But do you think that they're going to create something or that they even can create something that's going to draw people in just to watch hockey? I mean, you have to try at this point because, like, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The uh, the on ice product is not going to do the job by itself. So, like, yeah, you, you got to do something off air to to bring people in. I think that's the perfect way to approach it, at least in the uh, in the U.S. market. Because, like, if if you turn on a hockey game, and 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 you've got a buddy of yours that's a big hockey fan, and and you're a first time viewer, and you 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 put a hockey hey, come 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 watch the local team here. Let's let's turn on the the St. Louis Blues game on a Thursday night. Let's let's sit down and have a couple beers. And you turn it on, and the Blues are playing the Islanders that night. 
and it's a two to one final with an empty netter. Like oh, Bennington had the night off. Wow, that's crazy. With an empty netter, like you're never going back to that buddy's house again (laughs) to watch that hockey game. Like, get the fuck out of here. You'd be better off sitting at home for three hours and twiddling your your phone, checking your Instagram posts. Like, I, I definitely think that they have to come up with something on an on uh sorry on an off ice level that is going to drive people like you got to go check out these guys on this on this panel or or maybe we have to reimagine the idea of the panel in itself like the NHL might have to like not the NHL but like these these broadcast companies might have to go that extreme to find something that works to bring people in because i think it's got to be that big of a draw to 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 move the needle enough because despite having all of these marketable young stars available to you at the moment, it's just the nature of the game is such that if you're not already a fan, you're probably not going to come back unless you're going to live games. And if you're going to live games, then the TV market doesn't matter. It, it, like it, There's no point in, in caring what they do when you're not watching it in front of your living room. Look, I, I, have, I have no knowledge that he even has any knowledge or interest in hockey as it is. But the NBA on panel, the NBA on TNT panel works because of Ernie Johnson. They brought Ernie Johnson in to do this panel. And, you know, it's not like Shaq and, and Charles and Kenny and those guys. It's not like they weren't friends and stuff like that before this started. But Ernie Johnson has kind of helped you know, be the broadcaster amongst the guys that know what they're talking about. And Ernie Johnson, you know, like even with uh, his work when he's done MLB stuff, the odd time he does the MLB panel, like it's the same thing when he does that panel. And when he calls games, he kind of brings people together. And I sort of wonder, even if, even if Ernie Johnson's not going to be part of the NHL one, which I can almost guarantee you he's not, I wonder if they can find someone that is good enough to kind of do that. That's a hockey fan that, you know, maybe is someone that we don't even think of that can kind of develop that chemistry sort of thing that, that can create that panel. And uh, yeah, you're right. There's work to be done. Like, um, you know, this is a conversation for like a, an off season episode in a way, like not even just the broadcasting part of it, but it's like, how do you make the sport more, uh, more marketable? And for me, and I'm not even going to explain it because there's just no time. Uh, the answer is to make it like a four on four sport or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, like something that's going to make the game faster and more entertaining is what's going to bring people in. And you have to essentially change the way the sport is now to create that, where it's going to bring in your casual fans. And, um, you know, that's a problem for the NHL. It's not TNT's problem. So do I think TNT is going to do a good job with this? I certainly do. Uh, speaking of things that we think are great, hmm. Rodzi Abazuris joins God. us. Uh, we talk, we sit down and we talk with him about uh, the Raptors. Of course, he's our, he's our Raptors insider guy and uh, all about the season ahead uh, or not ahead, but that they've had and, and, and what is ahead. Um, so I think uh, we'll turn it over to, uh, to Rodzi at this point. Uh, Rodrigo Albazares, I believe is the name. 
the good man, the uh, former and now current guest of the podcast. Rozzy, what's going on? What's going on, fellas? Uh, not much, man. Just uh, pretty amped to be on the show. I know it's been a while since I've been on. So I think since, what, two Christmases ago? Uh, no, yeah, I was, no, well, no. You, you were on last spring. You were yeah exactly the last time the last time we were allowed to hang out in person, uh, you, we did that interview. But yeah, you were on you were on in the spring. We did uh, a bonus episode with you. You were on a few of those. Um, but yeah, it's good to have you. It's been too long. It doesn't really matter if it's if it's been a year or not, kind of thing. It's it's been too long, so it's nice to have you back. Uh, are you like the rest of us, and you are just uh, getting to know your home in a way that you were hoping to never get to know it, kind of thing? Yeah, and it's funny. I I just moved into this home in December and hates it already. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's got its uh, it's got its great things. It's got its bad things. I've gotten to know it pretty darn well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think everyone's just sick of uh, kind of sitting in the house at this point. I <laughs> think this when the is weather's getting nice. I think this in the long run, like it's not right now, but in the long run, this is going to be a great thing for the housing market because I feel like in, in like five years, everyone who was going to live in their house another 20 years is going to be like, you know what? I'm sick of this fucking place. You yeah. know, let's, let's, <laughs> let's move. Like, you know, let's, I feel like, I feel like it's up. perfect. Right. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I, you know, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm sick of looking at the same four walls. So, you know, hundred oh, percent prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of Easy, prison. Ellen. Speaking of prison, the uh, the Toronto Raptors played this year. Um, Rod, we haven't had a chance to talk to you about the Raptors in a while because, as you mentioned, the last time that you were actually on to talk about current sports news uh, was in December of 2019. And the Raptors at the time were still quite good. And there were uh, <laughs> there was a lot of nice conversation to be had. I wouldn't say that it's all doom and gloom, but uh, this is certainly a different Raptors team than the last time we left you. Um, I, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts, maybe not so much on where they're headed, but more so, uh, it, at least to start off, how did we get here almost kind of thing? Like, it, it, it's uh, it's hard to believe that this team has changed as much as they have in the last year and a half, no? Yeah, and I think it all started with uh, losing... Uh, Gasol and Ibaka in free agency. I mean, these those two guys are staples um, as your centerpieces. I mean, Gasol was aging, but at the same time, um, he still had that ability to pass and that ability to defend. Um, I don't think he's done it as well on the Lakers, but losing him was a key was a key thing. It was a key loss. Uh, but especially having Ibaka off the bench, that was huge. That takes off 14, 15 points a game right there. That has to get supplemented by uh, a guy like Boucher, who's actually come in and stepped it up. So, I mean, there's been a lot of changes. I, um, one of the, I guess one of the biggest things that I've seen uh, this year has been Boucher and like his contract when he signed, I, I thought it was absurd. I didn't think he deserved the money, yeah. but the way that he's coming into play, I mean, it sucks that he's injured right now, but um, yeah, no, no, just, it's been, there's been so many changes, trades, you know, trades, um, that I didn't really expect, but I kind of expected with Norm. But um, I like the young pieces that we have. But, um, yeah, it's just been a lot of changes, a whole lot of changes, and getting used to different guys. 
and not that I want to pile on uh, a guy so much, especially when he's down, but I mean, uh, I don't know if he's going to get back up again. I think part of the reason too, that, that this year has just been not exactly what we were hoping for was, you know, you mentioned the loss of Gasol. Like, I feel like, I feel like we expected more out of Aaron Baines and he has just been, at least when I watch and at least from what I've read, uh, a disaster for the most part. Yeah, it's just, it's just frustrating sometimes because you know you see a big man and you brought him in to get some rebounds. Um, and he did come in the year. I think last year he shot, a, I think, a 35% clip from the three-point arc. But when he starts the game by shooting a three-pointer and he airballs or it's not even close, right there and then his confidence is gone. Um, and even if your confidence is gone, you got to at least step it up on the on the on the boards and the rebounds. And I think he he averages three or four boards a game. Maybe that might be stretching it. So as a five man in the NBA, and you're just you're only averaging three to four rebounds a game. That's pretty ridiculous. Um, he's had some good stretches, but he's had way his his bad stretches have outweighed the good by by far. And uh, he's been a huge disappointment this year. Now, Rozzy, um, just to kind of build off of disappointments, um, <laughs> the city of Buffalo. That's uh, great. Uh, <laughs> are, we a, talk, are we talking about Buffalo? <laughs> the city of Buffalo, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's it's got to be tough as a fan because you you grow so attached to these these players over time. But were you maybe a little disappointed that they didn't move on from Kyle Lowry at the deadline, try to reap – some sort of reward from a guy that you're you might lose to free agency honestly i didn't think too much of it um i kind of figured he was gonna stay um but at, at the end of the day it was always kyle lowry's call um the management um i think they made it pretty clear that it was up to lowry if he wanted to go they were gonna find him a destination so i think all those rumors um the, it, it, it also depended on the, the trade package that was going to come back and nobody really wanted to offer what the Raptors wanted. And um, yeah, you know, there's a little disappointment. I mean, we could have got some good pieces, but at the same time, Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster would have made the right call and they did because they didn't get enough back. Uh, they wouldn't have gotten enough back, enough value to bring back um, for trading Lowry because Lowry is a centerpiece. I mean, he is aging, but um, he still does the little things. You know, he's taken less charges this year because he hasn't really played much. Um, and that's a big reason for why I think uh, we're not as good as we are right now. But, you know, if we would have got the right package, um, especially from the Heat, if we would have got uh, Tyler Hero um, yeah. in, in the package, that would have been pretty essential because he's he's lights out when he wants to be lights out. I, I, I really can't blame the heat for not wanting to do that. I either, to be honest with you, like the, yeah. the limited times that I've watched Tyler Hero, it's uh, like, he's, he's crazy. Like that, that would have been, that would have been a slam dunk win for the raps. I feel like. Yeah, it would have been. And honestly, I think if Kyle would have gone in Miami, that would have been a difference maker. Um, yeah. The way he does the little things, he takes the charges, especially in the playoffs, he would have done some for Miami. He didn't have, when he played the Lakers in the, in the finals last year, the, I think they were la- missing something in that, you know, they got Jimmy Butler, but you also have a guy in Kyle who's willing to do anything just like Butler um, to win a game, right. Take the charge against, you know, um, LeBron James coming down the lane or something like that. Right. So I think they would have benefited uh, from for trading for Kyle, but 
like I said, the package wasn't there, right? So you can't. I, I'm not getting getting rid of Tyler Hero. Um, I I suppose to one thing while while we're on the subject of uh, of the present, and we're talking about the trades not made and the roads not traveled. Let's talk about the road they did travel here, where um, like you said, you weren't expecting the Norm Powell trade. Um, as much as I I like Powell, I, I'm pretty sure you didn't. But even for a guy in myself that loved Powell, like it feels like Gary Trent Jr. is going to be a major difference maker for this team moving forward. Am I am I correct in saying that? Yeah, you got the right guy. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, Norman would have wanted about eighteen to twenty million, even maybe more in the offseason because he was a free agent, um, unrestricted free agent coming up. So. Norm was great this year. Let's be honest. Great. Unless it was the start of the year. The start of the year was terrible. Um, he couldn't get anything going. But, I mean, mid-year to, to up to when he got traded, he was unreal. He's, he absolutely lifted his trade value. But lifting up that trade value, we got a guy in uh, Gary Trent Jr. who we might not have gotten if he didn't play as well. So, yeah. It's it's tough, and I mean, we got a guy like Rodney Hood. He's a seasoned vet as well, um, but he's just kind of a throw-in, in my opinion. But he rocked um, in college. I loved Rodney yes. Hood in college, but he's Man, he, uh, he, he didn't turn out Cleveland. to be that Rodney Hood, really. No, I mean he's still good he's, though. He's serviceable, but he's not bad. But I mean, the guy, the main guy in the trade, of course, was Gary Trent Jr. Like you said, he's going to be prolific in the future. I think he still has to figure out a few things when to take a shot when not to take a shot i feel like he gets a little ball hoggy sometimes um and he'll, he'll like pull up for like 90 foot jump shots when there's no need um, but i think he's just trying to fit in but also trying to shine too much he's had uh, you know some great games and i feel like he's had some bad games i mean that's to be expected when you're, you're coming to a new team new surroundings you're trying to do a lot um and you, you know sometimes that works you have a, you know a 30 point game like you did a career high and you have nights where he shoots, um, you know, one for eight from the field. It's just the nature of the business. And I don't know. I think he's going to be a solid piece, but it's going to take uh, maybe a year, year or two for him to be uh, solidified as, you know, that three guy that the Raptors can have, that three man, the small forward. Now, Raji, uh, 10 games left in the season this year. Uh, we're talking about, you know, it's definitely been a disappointment. I think all things considered the way, the last couple of years have gone for the team, but 10 games left there. There are two games out of that little play in round that they mm-hmm. have from seven to 10. Um, yep. Would, would you rather see them kind of sneak in and, and maybe get hot for the playoffs or are, are they better served to just kind of, you know, lose as many as they can get a, get a high draft pick at this point. Uh, I think they're, they're better off just trying to win. Um, I, in my opinion, that should always be your mind state. I don't. I think with a guy like Lowry in the locker room, he's he's not one tank, and he won't let it happen. Um, but there, I think this. If they get in and they sneak in, they can do a lot of damage. But they have to be healthy, um, and that also depends on a hot Washington team and a hot Westbrook who's been unreal. He's been. He's one of those guys. If he's on, he's on. He's going to carry you to a, a six-game win streak, seven-game win streak, but. If he's off, he's absolutely hurt your team because um, he takes stupid shots um, and, and shots that just don't make any sense. So 
I think it, for them to get into that play-in spot depends on obviously how well they play, um, but also depends on how Russell Westbrook um, carries the Wizards. Because um, if, if he becomes um, a Wayne factor into, into how they play um, and he plays terribly, I don't see – I see them sliding and getting out of that spot. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you talk about their health too, right? Like, you know – this is a team where <clears throat> their game's played leader is Chris Boucher, and and he is currently out, right? And you go down the list after that. It's it, it, They've lost a lot of games to injury, and as much as we, you know, kind of knock the team, I think it's time to give maybe give them a little bit of credit. But, you know, I do want to ask you, how much, in your opinion, do you think the current Raptors, where they stand, how the season's gone, how much of it do you think has to do with Tampa? Do you think that the fact that they're not at home, do you think the fact that they've lost games because of COVID and they're all kind of playing on COVID legs, do, like, do you think that this is a team where the circumstances kind of doomed them? Or do you think that maybe this is what the Raptors were or is it somewhere in between? I think not playing in Toronto is a huge factor. And I've always, I've heard um, Jack say it on the broadcast for a, a billion times. If it was game seven of last year versus Boston in Toronto, they move on. And I think that's true. Um, they have that that Toronto uh, crowd is absolutely electric, especially in the playoffs. Um, so not playing in Toronto has been a huge impact for them. And Nick Nurse said it as well. They played 72 road games this year. Uh, being in Tampa is not their home, and they know that. I think that's weighed on them a bit. But at the end of the day, you know, they're, 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 they're there to play basketball. Um, and they, they can play anywhere, but um, not having that Toronto crowd is huge. But also the biggest thing is injuries. That's that's what uh, weighed them this year. Moving forward, what are your thoughts on on the group? Like, you know, we talk uh, <clears throat> we talked about Gary Trent Jr. and how we think he's going to be a difference maker moving forward in the long run. You know, he he's going to be someone to look out for. You know, uh, I guess what I'm curious is is what what do you think that the roster looks like next season? Like, is it largely what we see now? And if that's the case, you know, what versions of each player are we getting? Like, we, like I think we can equate Freddie's off nights this year has quite a bit to do with the fact that he's not 100%. But, I mean, what yep. version of Siakam are we getting? What version of, of Chris Boucher do we get? Like, is Chris Boucher the real deal? And what kind of moves do you think that they make? Like, what like what are we looking at moving forward, do you think, with the Raptors? Um, it's, it's, I think it's tough to say. I mean, if I were to project the starting lineup for, for next year, I think it's um, – I think you're looking at, you know – Malachi Flynn at point guard. You're looking at fan fleet. Um, like to even to even give you some credit too to cut you off. You're the guy who uh, twice on this podcast we've asked you who do we watch out for moving forward, and your answers have been uh, Siakam, and I believe uh, the next year was uh, fuck. Who did you say last year? Ananobi, I think it was. Kind yeah. of thing, like when he got back healthy, he was going to step up. Like there was someone else. So your your track record's good enough. So I, I guess what I'm asking is, who's going to be the breakout star, even too? You know, uh, it's tough to say. I mean, I think if you put Gary Trent Jr. in the starting lineup, that's who their breakout star is going to be. Um, but that I think is dependent on if Lowry resigns or not. Because um, if Lowry resigns, you know that you know shifts the depth chart a little bit. 
And I think Gary Trent wants to start. He won't come out and say it, but he plays better when he starts. And right now he's coming off the bench. He's kind of struggling a bit. But I think Gary Trent Jr. could be the guy next year. As long as he fits into his role and he knows his role, he doesn't try to take it, um, try to, you know, jump out of his uh, role. Um, I think he'll be the breakout star next year. Lowry resigns, right? Right? <laughs> no. I, didn't, I didn't like the head shake. Oh, no. Um, what, what do you think he's going to do? I think he goes on as someone else. I think he goes to um, a contender. I, I don't think it's so – it's not so much Lowry. He's he's not sick of Toronto. He's not – you know what I mean? He wants to be there. But oh, of course. I think he, he wants – a guy like Flynn, he wants a guy like Freddie, uh, he wants a guy like uh, OG, he wants a guy like uh, Gary Trent Jr. to get their opportunities. Um, and with Lowry there, you know, that's cutting minutes, it's um, restricting maybe what these young guys can actually do. Um, so I think he walks and maybe he goes to um, a contending team because I don't think the Raptors are going to be a contending team next year. They'll be okay, but um, I think he's going to walk. To build on that, could you see them perhaps instead of just walking? Because I think I think he knows that that would be a bit of a letdown for the franchise. Do you think that there maybe is a scenario where um, he comes back on a one year and they say to him, look, if, if things aren't better, we'll flip you at the deadline to a contender. And then that way we get something, you get something, everybody's kind of happy? Yeah, that could definitely happen as well. Um, it's just, I don't know. It, he could be due a lot of money next year. Um, sure. So whether he stays for a one year or he signs for a three or four year contract, uh, I don't know. Like, I think it really depends. I mean, if he can get another 25 to $30 million contract with another team <laughs> and set himself up for a few years, I think he'll be okay with doing that. But you know, he, it will be tough to leave the Raptors. It's going to be a tough choice, but, I think personally, like he wants to see, he has an attachment to this young group and he wants them to grow and, um, you know, letting them grow is maybe just, you know, leaving and letting them play. Um, but I don't know. I could be wrong. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Now I, I have, I have a question if, if uh, it's, it's not so much about the Raptors. So maybe Bruce, if you have any other Raptors stuff, you, you could jump in, but uh, no, no, I, <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think after I hear that Kyle Lowry's leaving, I'm uh, dejected, and I don't want to talk about it's the Raptors. Anymore. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm, too, I'm too sad. So, oh, Ronzi, um, the the NHL. Just to kind of tie things together, we are a hockey podcast. And I don't know if you know that. Um, <laughs> well, we always talk about basketball with Ronzi, so maybe he's a basketball <laughs> podcast. I don't know. Yeah, I thought this, I thought this was a cricket podcast. Well, I mean. To be well, fair, okay. he's he's Plus, come on and a... he's come on and we've talked about the Sabers, just not a lot of positivity. Yeah, it's in Buffalo involved. though. He doesn't know what that is. Um, no, sorry, Rod. <laughs> Rod. Um, the NHL, we've we've signed on um, a, a deal with ESPN. That's oh yes, shiny contract. Yes. What what can I love it. what can hockey fans expect out of analysis from a guy like Stephen A. Smith? Because I, I know he's a big <laughs> basketball guy. And he talks a lot of basketball. I feel like that Go guy ahead. can talk a lot of shit about everything. So you may not even nice. know a lot, um, but oh, he does. He'll put his he'll 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 he put does. his opinion I, out there. Did you see 
the bit that he did when they announced the ESPN rights, Rod, and um, you know how Stephen Smith does his top five, mm-hmm. and so he did uh, the top five things that he knows about hockey, and oh, Lord. four of them had to do with hockey broadcasters from the nineties. Like it, it was oh, like Lord. it was like he listed things <laughs> that he knows about, and it was like nothing. And and like even I'm watching it, and I'm like, cool, like the this is great. Is I don't I don't give a f- it's, yeah, exactly. It's like it's, I don't give a fuck what you know. I Stephen A. rocks, man. Like I I absolutely love that dude. It's absolutely great for hockey. Um, he's going to be great for hockey. He may not know a lot, no. but you know what? I, he's a he's a smart fucking guy, man. He's going to learn the game. He's going to learn what's going on, and he's going to actually make some ridiculous um, notions. He's going to say some ridiculous stuff. But that's just who Stephen A. Smith is. You know what I mean? So um, he's that's that's great for hockey. I mean, them signing with ESPN is huge. You a Stephen A. guy? Uh, he always trips the Raptors, so <laughs> yeah, you, know, so, like you, so, you, got, you got to get past certain stuff with him, eh? Like, that's that's the only issue with him is like, I'm I'm at the point where I used to hate him before I really paid attention to him, and now that I kind of now that I get him, like, now that I have more of an understanding of him, I just love the shit he says. Like, I, I think it's hilarious when uh, because I think we're gonna get to some football here too. When anytime something happens involving the Dallas Cowboys and he does his videos from home of him just like drinking with a cigar about something yeah. that he totally got right and he's just like low key bragging about it, it's the funniest shit ever. Like the, the ben, bit, the- there was a bit, it was in front of like a 12 foot Christmas tree in his house <laughs> earlier this year, just smoking a cigar, drinking something, and he's like, well, 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 who could have foreseen? And it was like, it's the funniest shit, uh, man. That guy's great. I think the best moment I've ever seen. Uh, was in the most humbling probably moment for him was when the um, the Raptors came back from four uh, down two nothing in the series versus the Bucks, and he yeah. went on on Game Six at the end of Game Six in Toronto. He's like, I, I'm not sure what he said, but he basically just said, "I'm bamboozled. I got, I had no faith <laughs> in the Raptors, so and they <laughs> and he came back. They made me look foolish. And yeah. I, ever since then, I was like, okay, he manned up. He said yeah. he made the wrong call. He got bamboozled. All right, man. He's he's funny. He's funny. I just didn't like him because he hit the sore spots with the Raptors that were always true. Uh, but this time he got it wrong. <laughs> um, uh, what the fuck is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? Because the, the news came out today. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is uh, uh, essentially told the Packers to go fuck themselves. And... Yeah, and and basically, you know, it, it doesn't sound like he is going to play there in the future. Um, first off, I guess, how do you trade a guy like that even? And then secondly, where does he go or does he go? Um, you know, all all that lays on the franchise's um, shoulders, right? They they have the ultimate decision to say, hey. I'm, you know, we want the right pieces. We'll let you go when we want to let you go. Um, you know, he can put up a fit. I can't really see him being like a Ocho Cinco, you know, putting up a fit or, or something like that, right? It just, you know, I can see him being low-key because he doesn't come out and say said anything publicly, has he? Like, No, no, this, this all kind of came out today, apparently kind of unraveled over the course of the last week. I mean, the, the report kind of – the two separate reports basically was that, A, he, he said that he – uh, would like to move on 
And the second report was a lot more uh, detailed and basically said that uh, the Packers told Rogers at the beginning of the off season that they planned to trade him this off season. Mm-hmm. And uh, Aaron Rodgers was like, okay. And uh, uh, basically they went to Rogers at the beginning of this week. Uh, Cause it is the draft tonight. And they were like, yeah, no, you know what? On second thought, we think uh, we think we're going to keep you. And Aaron Rodgers was like, Oh no, you, you want to trade me? Go ahead yeah. and do it. Fucking do it then. <laughs> Like, and, and so, uh, like, I don't, I don't really know where it's going to go. And you're right. Like I, I, I have a hard time believing Aaron Rodgers would be incredibly difficult about it. Not that he's in the wrong either, but I, I don't really know how it would shake out if they don't trade him. Like he just doesn't seem like the type of guy that's gonna not report or something, but it certainly sounds like that's what's happening. Yeah, he's a winner. Um, I can't really see him sitting out games. Um, but I think he's making his presence felt. He, he's saying you need – he's probably sitting in there, you know, you need to trade me. Like, I do not want to be here. You know, I've given you um, a fair amount. So I've given – I held a lot to this franchise. Yeah. And I'm – you know, they, they ended up what? Um, was it last year? The, yeah, they, they drafted a quarterback. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was just gonna say. Is like it's almost like it was a long time coming because they made the decision to to draft Bryce Love, and yeah. then uh, and, and and but like even still, like that seemed like it was one of the final nails in the coffin. Even at the time, everyone's like, "Well, Rogers is just gonna leave now, right?" And then at the beginning of the year, they trotted him out, and he was still their starting quarterback. And it was like, okay, like that's it's yeah. crazy that this guy's still staying there. So like it kind of seems like this has been a long time coming considering it's been, you know, you've got Aaron Rodgers and they've only won the one Super Bowl and they've really not been close other than that time, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. And here's an X Factor. Maybe it's his fiance Shailene Woodley, from the <laughs> Fault of Our Stars. How dare you? Maybe she wants to go somewhere else. And she's just pulling strings. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I was going to say, how dare you besmirch the good name of Shailene Woodley? No, I love her. She was great in the yeah. in the uh, uh, the Fault of Our Stars. That was a great uh, movie. She was great. Um, but no, no. I at the end of the day, I think Rogers is going to end up somewhere else. Um, but it, I just don't know if it's going to happen before the season starts. Uh, I have heard of Aaron Rodgers. I believe he <laughs> plays football um, for the Green Bay Packers. I or, guess or uh, did or used to too. I guess uh, since it could happen tonight before the episode even gets released, where does Aaron Rodgers, what what jersey is Aaron Rodgers wearing the beginning uh, on opening Sunday of next season? A blue one. Okay. He's going to the Detroit Chargers Lions. already have a <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's better than their current quarterback. That's for sure. Uh, Who is it? Well, because they just traded uh, Stafford oh, for Jared Goff. For Jared so Goff. They, oh, they have Jared Goff now, who uh, <sighs> not good. No, uh, well, not great. Uh, anyway. He's not. He's, it's not that he's bad, but um, no. Yeah, I don't know. Like I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's just he would be like he'd be the biggest named athlete to get traded since since when right like like even uh Ooh, james harden that was a big one though i guess yeah like like yeah. that would be kind of the biggest one um I'm trying... 
but Rogers just feel, it just feels so different even like when you compare it to going back to basketball like in basketball you kind of almost feel like uh your days are numbered with everyone all the time anyway because the way their their salary cap works like you can kind of you can kind of just pick up and go almost at any point in a way in the NBA whereas like in most other sports like you don't see guys of Rogers level move very much like to me to me seeing oh, Rogers no get traded is almost like seeing Derek Jeter get traded. Like it, like it's yeah. not something that I considered would ever be a possibility. Yeah. It's like a guy like McDavid getting moved to quite honest. And you don't see a lot of those moves really. Yeah. Um, he's Aaron Rodgers is a star. He's an absolute winner. He knows how to, he's probably one of the best quarterbacks that I've seen. Obviously there's a lot of great quarterbacks in the past. Um, but from what I've seen, he like, he would always dice up the Vikings. It's absolutely frustrating, but it's beautiful to see <laughs> because he can absolutely put a ball anywhere, uh, anywhere he wants. Um, but it's as a Vikings fan, it's frustrating. But as a as an Aaron Rodgers fan, because I am an Aaron Rodgers fan, I think he's superb. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, he's probably has a handful of teams that he wants to be traded to. You know, guys with you know a team with um, prolific wide receivers or at least. Um, above average wide receivers, and I think one of the names lift, listed out there was um, the the Patriots. I think that was listed out there, but I mean, Bill, don't, don't and, get him going, Rosie. Just yeah. come on, just what are you doing? I'm I'm baiting. It was yeah, yeah. It, it was like I saw that, and like the the <laughs> the, the the old me was like. Yeah, well, obviously he's going to New England, and then I started thinking about it, and it's like, what the fuck are we trading to get Aaron Rodgers? Like, it's not like they don't have pieces, but they don't have Aaron Rodgers trade pieces, really. But uh, yeah, like that kind of seemed like the obvious one too, right? Where it's just like, you know, it's always out there. Any it's always been kind Patriots. of like it's always been like that's always been the conversation is like who's better, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? And then it's like, well what if Bill Belichick had Aaron Rodgers and everyone's like, well, but he doesn't, you know, he's got Tom Brady. Yeah. But what if he did have, him? <laughs> like, what the fuck would happen then? Like that, that that's, it is scary to think about. I don't see it happening. I just, I don't see how the, the, the fits there, but it is one of those things where like new England always just seems to be like, how do they keep doing shit like that? And then Aaron Rodgers would be the, obviously the, the icing on the cake to all those trades. Like I, I, it almost feels like with the NFL, it's always someone where um, like you weren't expecting it sort of thing. And so with Aaron Rodgers, like I kind of wonder if it's going to be an exchange for another big name quarterback. And my first thought when the news came out was that, well, Russell Wilson apparently doesn't want to be in Seattle. And if Aaron Rodgers don't want to be in green Bay and both those teams are good and trying to win Super Bowls right now, why don't you just trade them for each other? You know? Yeah, that could work. You just said a light bulb in my head. Yeah. Um, the NFL, a crazy shit just seems to happen where it's just like, how did, how did that happen? You know? And that was, that happen? was, it was my first thought. Uh, I, yeah. I, you know, Devontae Adams and Russell Wilson would be a hell of a um, crazy. duo. And also DK Metcalf and, Aaron Rodgers. DK, by the way, DK Metcalf is ridiculous. Have you guys seen that guy's build? It's ridiculous. It's, it's wild. Yeah. His his chest is his one chest muscle is the size of my 
whole torso. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know that'd be that's a great point. That could happen, but uh, I don't know. Tough to say. I think he. I think he's a Green Bay Packer at the start of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I guess for the record well, too, because like the like there's not a conversation really ha- be had for it. Like it's just because the team I think he's going to be playing for at the start of the year, just because of the rumors of the last week that he might get traded there anyway, before all this shake shit came out. I think, I think he'll be a 49er to start the year, but that's, that's a good, yeah, it's a good, the 49ers were thrown out a lot. Were they not? I read the proposed trade today before the Rogers news came out. And I'm like, why the fuck would the Packers do that? Like, it's a great package, but it's like, why trade Aaron Rodgers? And then all the news came out. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's a good package. Uh, it's like, <laughs> it's a Jimmy good option. G, I, hey, Jimmy G's not that bad. He's been hampered by injuries, though. He's okay. Um, yeah, he's he's not. Did they replace, uh, did they replace Breeze in, in Saint Louis, uh, New Orleans, sorry? Not. I mean, according to New Orleans, uh, they've replaced him. <laughs> but uh, they haven't found a, a, a great replacement, no. Okay. Well, maybe there. Yeah. Why not? That yeah, oh, that's yeah. not that's that actually makes sense too. We could literally say every team and it would be like, yeah, fuck, that makes sense. <laughs> it's like well, it's yeah, like, you could put uh, as long as anywhere. You, as long as you don't say Kansas City, every other team I'd be like, oh yeah, my no, lord. No, fuck, it makes sense. Well, if the Vikings I think straight up Kirk Cousins for Aaron oh, Rodgers could, could could probably work. The trade was one for one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a haul for Larson trade for the most part. Uh, Rod- Rodzi, I have I have one last question myself, and then I'll turn it back to Brutes if, if he's got anything else he wants to get to. Um, I got to ask because uh, I I myself have tasted uh, glory, and I want to know how uh, how your March Madness bracket went uh, <laughs> uh, a month ago. Um, to be quite honest, I did not make one. Wow. And I don't think I don't think I've made one in the past two or three years. I'm not a huge college basketball guy. Um, okay. I, yeah, like a lot of people get me on, a, on that because they're like, "Well, don't you watch basketball?" I'm like, yeah, I just honestly, I just watch the Raptors. Um, you know, I well now I'm now I'm hurting my got to get you in for next year, maybe. Yeah, no, I, if we make let's get a show going, and we'll do a live picks. Okay, okay, that's actually yeah, a good idea. Like now, you yeah. heard it here first. Uh, Rod Albazur has booked for a bonus episode in season four of Laced Up a Hockey Podcast, like uh, where we're going to do our live picks. Uh-huh. March Madness. I-, I love that I we've like been that. doing brackets to keep ourselves busy during uh, quarantine for a year, and at no point did we ever actually sit down and do a March Madness <laughs> bracket. Yeah, I-, I remember you-, you texted me about the tragically hip bracket. And you're like, I have an idea for uh, like a bracket episode. And that was like the text. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll do our March Madness picks on the air. And then the next text had nothing to do with March Madness. And then I just forgot about the idea. Like, I remember you texted me that. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, that is a good idea. And then we just, and then I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. And and also you you made the comment how we've been keep, we've been doing brackets to keep busy since uh since covid and uh the the hilarious thing is that we are now on the anniversary of the rod bracket episode still talking about how we're trying to pass the time through covid 
by doing brackets. Which is the logo that didn't make any sense? Was it the not the Brewers? Was it the Brewers? Well, you hated the Brewers. Yeah, I, I didn't understand it. Is that what won <laughs> though? Is that did we, did we just override Rod the whole? Yeah, episode? yeah, every time, every time I voted opposite, and you guys, I think the Timberwolves rolled that train. Great logo, great logo. Yeah, that is a great logo. Oh no, that one. I should no. not wear this the rest of the day. <laughs> I think the Timberwolves oh, won. To be honest with you, I think it did too. That's I a I, I don't. One. I don't remember Rod being uh, incredibly upset with the outcome, but I do remember like at the end, just him being like, how the fuck the Brewers make it so far? It's just choked. <laughs> oh, man. And was, the fact was, that I... We had a four for Minnesota, I think. The Vikings, the Timberwolves, and I want to say the Wild all went to the final four. The wild, Those are all great ones. Yeah, I, I think it was three of three or four Minnesota and then the Brewers. Right? Yeah. I think that's what it was. It was something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were all disappointed that John Chozik's favorite state was uh, was a winner. <laughs> oh, uh, Rod, because we haven't got into any deep discussion on it, and uh, I know you're not uh, uh, you're not a hockey fan to the level that you have your own hockey podcast or anything. But um, who, in your mind, is going to win the Stanley Cup this season? If you had to pick a team, who are you picking? Um, I did I not wanna, expect you to have a pick ready to go, so you're welcome I, to think about it. I I want to say the Leafs. You know, I I've heard they've been pretty dynamic well. this year, but I think what's hurting them is that they've only played Canadian teams. Uh, they haven't had that exposure um, against other teams, so they don't really know what to expect. But yeah. I'm not even sure how the playoffs are. Like, can someone explain how the playoffs are supposed to work? Yeah, so you'll play uh, like basically a divisional playoff. Um, so it's still four rounds like normal. But mm-hmm. instead of there being two conferences and you kind of just get seeded within your conference, uh, it's just going to be a one through four, two versus three seed within the division. Uh, so yep. four teams from each division make the playoffs. Uh, so you still end up with a winner coming out of each division. It's just okay. where, and I, even I'm kind of unclear on this. The what would have been the conference final, I'm not sure how they decide who plays who. I think it's still high seed versus low seed, and the middle two okay. seeds play each other. Is that right, James? Yeah, that's what they're yeah, going with today, the, anyway. The, uh, conference, okay. And and they they say that they're going to arbitrarily hand out the there's like there's a conference champion trophy, and they're just going to be yep. like, ah, here you go, here's the Clarence S. Campbell trophy, and it's like usually for the Western Conference winner, but like there's the potential yeah. where. Like you might have an Eastern team winning it this year for the first time ever, okay. which will be fucking hilarious. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with the Leafs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the Leafs. I'm pretty yeah. sure I say it every yeah. single time you ask this, me. This, but... this guy and his predictions on the Raptors have got me fired up now. Let's go. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I even think the year where we talked to him about the Raptors when they were going to win the championship, like he was very humble about the Raptors the whole episode. And then I'm like, who's going to win? And you're like, <laughs> Well, the Raptors are going to win. Like they have Kawhi fucking Leonard. <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty sure that's kind of how it went. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'll take I'll take the Leafs. I also think you took the Leafs last year, and they uh, they did not win the cup. So I guess wow, we'll that was a, that was, just, that was a just, weird year. That was, it was a, a fake really year. year. It's a fake season. Yeah, it's a real season. season. Just, just, this season's real until the Leafs talking lose. Us to get invited back next time, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's right. What he does one hundred percent. Yeah, if you come on the show and you say Buffalo sucks, you you've already fitting. You're already fitting in. So, oh, 100. percent And 
another key. I never. I don't think I've watched one single game this year. This year, but I think having Jumbo Joe on the roster is a huge um, a addition. I mean, I he's he's a veteran, and I can um, I can only imagine he's mentoring the young guys and also what he's playing at a pretty high level right now. No. He's been, he's been up and down, but he's been like, helpful. at the end of the day, even if when he's down, he's in the dressing room, right? So you you have that that presence, right? Yeah, I read a report that he's been pretty fired up for the past three weeks, getting on the young guys and being more yeah, aggressive. The beard, baby. He yeah. he. I don't know that he's like being more productive, but he definitely he definitely looks scarier out there from like an opponent standpoint. He uh, yeah. He's throwing his body around and he's he's getting like he's he almost got in a fight last week. Like nice. it, it's crazy. Like, he he's been uh he's all fired up and we love to see it. I've always liked San Jose and he I liked him on uh obviously on the Sharks with uh yeah. who did he have? Did... Let him and Marlowe and uh Marlo, yeah, Burns yeah, yeah. and Pavelski. Yeah, they, they had a great yeah, crew yeah. for a long time. Well, they'll go down as the the best team you know, of probably the last 20 years to never win a Stanley cup for sure. Like the best core. And it's, uh, it's crazy that they, I mean, well, I guess, I guess Marlowe's still there. They could in theory win the cup this year, but they have to uh, make the playoffs first. So yeah, have to try to get above 500 still. So yeah. Uh, Rodzi, where, uh, where can people find you? Can people find you anywhere right now? Just Uh, just in your house. Yeah, in my house, um, doing yeah, not doing too much on the social media side. I mean, you can find me on Rodzi Albazuras for uh, for Twitter, but I'm not too active there right now. I've been taking a little bit of a break from uh, Twitter. I'm actually just downloaded Twitter um, just to get on this link, <laughs> just to get on this episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I might be back for the Raptors playoffs if you make it. You know, throwing a couple tweets here and there. Um, but yeah, that's, like it. that's basically like it. it. Let's yeah. go. Let's do it. Yeah, Rod, thanks so much for joining us once again. Uh, I am very excited to have you back in the future, and I'm sure everyone is very excited to have you back this time. Yeah, thanks, fellas. I mean, it's been uh, it's been a great episode. Thanks, Rodzi. Well, all right. Well, thanks to Rodzi Abazuras for uh, that uh, uh, great, great sit down. A lot of fun talking to him. Uh, we like having him on. He seems to like coming on for some reason. So that that's nice to, to know. It was nice to have him back for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, Brutes, as we turn back to hockey now for a second, as much as I love the NBA, we are a hockey podcast. And, yeah, and we should slowly we switch to an NBA podcast, Could I guess. You imagine just each week. just. Um, but the NHL, it, the season is winding down. We've got uh, some teams are, you know, six, seven games left in the season. You might be asking yourself at home, what more do I have to watch? Maybe your team's been eliminated. Uh, if you're a Sabres God, fan. please end this season. Probably not listening to this, but uh, you might be you might be a fan of a team like the Avalanche who have already clinched and all you have to do is sit around and wait to figure out if you're playing the the blues or coyotes in the first round spoiler Mm. alert it's probably the blues um Mm. but in any event you might be sitting at home thinking why should i watch these final 10 to 6 games um and and what am i going to get out of them well luckily for you 
uh, our, 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 our friend, not our friend, our, I, I, uh, I, we like Sean McIndoe down goes Brown, mm-hmm. uh, big fan of his work. Uh, I won't call him a friend cause he doesn't know who we are. Well, good, good news for you and everyone listening at home because he came up with, uh, uh, seven things. Well, actually eight, but one of them doesn't really apply. Um, but to, to, uh, things to watch down the stretch of the season, maybe, maybe something to keep you invested, have you tuning in on that Wednesday night and uh, check out what is going on in the NHL. So Brutes, what I want to do is I, I'm going to tell you each of these things that, that Sean has written about. And I want to get your perspective on whether you think, eh, it's going to happen or and eh, that's not all that interesting or yada, yada. Uh, get the idea. Yep. Perfect. Uh, so nine games to go. Idea number one, nine games to go, 16 points to get there. Connor McDavid and the chase to a hundred points. Uh, a, does it get there? <laughs> and B, did you think that we would even be talking about a player getting a hundred points to start the year? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I was actually going to ask you if you wanted to talk about this this week, so it, it kind of worked out. Uh, so, sorry, he has nine games left, 19 points to go? 16 points. Oh, yeah, he's going to get there. Three assists sure. last okay. he, he He's taking the ice as we speak. I was going to say, here's the thing, is like, even if they rest him two games, like say it's seven, and s- seven games, 16 points, yeah, he might get there. Like, how many times do they play the Leafs still? <laughs> Do they do they play the Leafs at all? They Maybe once, eh? They don't. Nope, yeah, he'll he's getting it. They're done. He's getting it for sure, and good for him. That that's awesome. Like that's fucking cool. Do I did I that think we cool. were getting there? Uh, to answer your question, no. Uh, I had Artemi Panarin winning the Art Ross with 80, 85 points. It was, or actually, I might have even said a hundred just to be an ass. But um, yeah, no, I I didn't honestly think that we were going to be finding someone. Uh, in that conversation and uh very cool like it's one of those things where uh as much as i criticize mcdavid on the podcast um you know like like everyone's making the point well well he did it in the north division yeah the north division blows but like he still has to actually do that and they're still nhl teams like they the most of them suck don't get me wrong he still has to actually go out there and do it though like like it's almost like everyone made it sound like well if mcdavid didn't do it uh uh nugent hopkins would have done it anyway like what what you know what i mean like there's only one guy on the planet that could have done this and he fucking did it and and and, uh do i think he would have done it in any of the other divisions maybe not but whatever who gives a shit like just enjoy it who cares it's awesome people seem to forget that the uh, reigning vesna trophy winner is in this division so not exactly like it's and, a walk in the park. And hasn't done a very good job against McDavid either. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know? Okay, idea number two. We should all cheer on the Carolina Hurricanes to win the Central Division so that we get an all-Florida matchup in the playoffs. The Battle of Florida. Is that what might save the Florida Panthers hmm. from being the laughing stock of the league outside of maybe Arizona? See, yeah, it's yeah, that. Well, I don't know. I don't know that that really does anything to change uh, their attendance situation and and grow their team. It probably does. Um, I don't know. If they yeah, win, it, I it, think it does. Yeah, 
Like if well, they go in there and get blown out in four or five games, like that's that's kind yeah. of the point I was gonna make is just like Florida having a run is is what Florida needs. And as much as I've complained about the Panthers on the podcast, I I actually I love their roster like love their roster i love it like even the idea that if like if dreger uh if dreger gets hurt because he's their best goalie to me if dreger gets hurt they have bobrovsky and spencer knight that's that's awesome like those are two super cool guys to have i love their roster so um I hope it happens because I want I I've come around. I want Florida to succeed. I'm going back on the I want it to happen thing because uh, I love their roster so much. Um, do I think Do I think it saves them? Not necessarily, but it's a good step in the right direction. I won't cheer for Florida until they revert back to their original logo. <laughs> uh, Even that is horrible, but it's better than what they got for sure. Yeah. Uh, idea three, uh, we should all root for the Dallas Stars to get the last spot in the central no. playoff spot because because oh. they're actually pretty good as a team that's been missing their starting <laughs> goal center and first line center all season long and the defending Western Conference champions. And B, because of all the shit they had to put up with all season long to get here. Yeah, I mean, I can't really take anything away uh on that second point i mean i i certainly don't think they're very good um but they 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 have gone on a hell of a run and i'll i'll give them that right like it's one of those things where um you know we talked about them i think it was after 37 games and they had won 13 of those and they're at 49 games and they've won 21. Like they've been pretty good lately, right? Like it's, uh, they deserve some credit for that. Um, but I, I don't think they're very good. And uh, I'll give them credit for this. And I will root for them a little bit in this sense where it's like, if they sneak in, they did just go to the Stanley Cup final, right? Like if they get Bishop back and and if for some reason Sagan comes back and he's ready to go, which he's not going to be. Um, you know, maybe they're the spoiler in that division that we were hoping for or not, not even hoping for, but just like makes it interesting. Um, but I don't think they do, to be honest with you. Like I, I, um, I've made a habit out of the last four, four or five weeks or so to watch more games out of the North division. And so I've watched less of those teams because again, I can't watch any more of them. They're they're all bad except for Toronto. Um, I, to try to watch more division games. So I've watched a decent amount of Nashville. Uh, I've watched a decent amount of Dallas. Like at least I would say probably four games over the last month of both of them. I'd rather see Nashville in the playoffs. I think Nashville is more really? of a, yeah, like they, they have something to offer. I'm not crazy about Soros, um, but he's been fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Like he's been so good, uh. So yeah, I, I'm rooting for Nashville. I I'm not rooting for Dallas. I, I'm yeah. sorry. I was gonna say too. Um, I feel like you have not given your answer on these on these. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, yeah. Give I me. I want to know. I want to know from you, man. Like, I don't. I don't want to <laughs> know just what I say. Uh, McDavid gets to hundred. Uh, he might get so. to one hundred and twenty. Okay. We'll see. Um. <laughs> 
wow, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, all the uh, the Battle of uh, Florida, which has never been said out loud, that'd be kind of <laughs> cool because, like I said, it's it exists in theory, but has never been put into practice. Um, so I'd like to see it. Yeah. Just to say that I saw it, I guess, but I don't think it really makes much of a difference. Um, and I, I don't like Nashville. Fuck Nashville. I, I like Dallas. I, I think, okay. I think I'd rather see Dallas make the playoffs. Just, just in spite of everything they they've been through this year. And um, idea four from Sean is that we should all be rooting rooting for a Capitals Penguins first round matchup. Does that seem accurate? We haven't had it mm-hmm. uh, in a few years now. And back when we did. 2016 2017 2018 uh the winner always seemed to go on and win the cup the caps haven't played the pens since they won that cup in 2018 so i don't know i I think there's something something fun there in the playoffs sorry they haven't played in the playoffs yeah yeah it might happen tired of this old narrative no no i i i okay should we be rooting for it yes do i think it's gonna happen no i i think now i think can't believe I'm saying this. Washington and Pittsburgh, I think, are the two best teams in that division in 2021 somehow. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see it. I don't think it's going to happen. Currently tied at three in the third period are the Pens and Caps. Uh, they are sitting one, two in the division. I think that the gap is just too wide uh, to, to have it happen. Like the idea that they would both have to fall behind the Islanders or Bruins um, or that the pens would have to fall far enough back to get behind both. I, I don't see it happening. What I will say is where I, I don't think it'll happen in the first round. I'm pretty fired up for it to be like the final two teams standing in the East. That'd be a lot yeah, of fun. That, and that's what I was going to say is like, it, it might happen in the second round. I I hate to continue being this guy that just, has this take like we're in season three of this podcast this is episode 113 i will not stop doubting the islanders for some reason but i just i can't stop like i just i feel like i feel like the islanders might beat the penguins okay like if the playoffs start today penguins islanders yeah islanders might beat them but if the penguins beat them i i think boston's awesome too like i just i have a hard time believing the islanders are the team coming out of this division I just don't see it. Like I, I, every time I watch all four of these teams and maybe I've watched less of the Islanders or I've watched them on the wrong night. I think Boston's great, man. Like I, I really, really like their team this year, even though, even though their defense sucks. I mean, it might be the most compelling first round matchup, but it might happen in the second round. So I'll, I'll say, yes, we should root for it, but is it going to happen? No. Yeah. So, yeah. See you in the second round for sure. Yeah, your, your thoughts too, okay. Yeah. Uh, idea number five, uh, should we root for the Rangers to make this close in the East? Like, <laughs> they're on a three-game sure winning should. streak. They have the best goal differential in the division, which is insane for a team that's not in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the Bruins and Islanders both have games in hand. It's not... I don't, I don't... I can't see a way it, it happens. I don't think it comes together, but like... I like the idea of the Rangers going for it. Like absolutely just play balls to the wall. Lafreniere continues to develop. Kako continues to develop. Um, you know, Shesterkin cements his place as a Calder guy. 
you've got Panarin, you've got Zabinijed who turns into like fucking 1980s Dale Howard Chuck against the uh, Flyers every couple nights. Um, this is a really fun New York hockey team. And I really like the idea of them sniff, snipping at the heels of these teams all all the way. Like, I, I want this to go down to the last game of the season, but for them to ultimately come short, I guess. Yeah, I had the Rangers coming fourth in the division. And granted, I had the uh, the Flyers in second. But, um, you know, like, like I, I think a lot of the Rangers and I, uh, again, like I will, I will, I mean, if we want to really talk about the Rangers, I love love their young core like i the more times i've watched lafreniere he looks better and better he looks better every night and it's noticeable now like it's just like at the point where it's like holy fuck like he's gonna be good you know and uh adam fox might be the best defenseman in the nhl (laughs) like he's fucking really good so, uh, am I rooting for them? Yeah. Like I've always liked the Rangers though. Like that's the problem. Like with this question is like, should I be rooting for them? Um, yeah, because they are, I mean, they're, they're getting hammered by the Islanders right now, but like they are, um, I would say my third favorite team in the NHL third or fourth, right? Like it's, wow. it's Leafs jets and then it's Kings Rangers somewhere there, right? Like it's, it's pretty close, but it's probably Kings Rangers then. Am I rooting for them? Yes. Should I root for them? Yes. Is it going to happen? Probably not, but I would love to see them win out. Uh, number six, uh, we should all be rooting for, uh, I'll, I'll preface this because the headline is deceiving. We should all root for everyone to be healthy because it's cynical to root for anyone not to be, especially in a pandemic, but, we should all be rooting, especially for the Golden Knights and Avalanche to stay healthy, um, because the idea here is that that could be the most magical second round matchup um, available to us. Vegas could survive the loss of like Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty more than the Avalanche could survive the loss of Nathan McKinnon. Like they need that five man unit and they need them producing because it's like I I don't. I don't think there is anyone in the league that can shut down those five guys uh, consistently, but you know, so, so basically what I'm saying is I'm rooting for the avalanche to stay healthy more than the Vegas golden Knights. Cause I think the golden Knights can pull it off more than the avalanche can. I think the Knights are way deeper and way more structured than the avalanche, even though I think the avalanche are the best team in the league for sure, but it's mostly because of that line. Okay. You? Uh, my last, uh, well, I, I was just gonna say, like, I, I, I think that I, I want them both in the second round. So whatever has to happen to make that the case, <laughs> yeah. like, just, yeah, just yeah. everybody Fair stay enough. healthy. Everybody get to that second round. I want to see, I want to see how Mark Stone shuts down Nathan McKinnon if he can. I, I want to see Alex Petrangelo uh, shut down, you know, Miko Rannon if he can. Um, can the avalanche goaltending stand up to the limited offense of the golden Knights. Do the avalanche have a lef- enough offense to get past Mark Andre Fleury or Robin Leonard or whoever's in net. Like, I think there's a lot of good storylines there. And uh, that's, that's what I really want to see come out in that, in that, like all love to the wild. Like I, I, I love the wild. I love, I love what they've done this year and blues coyotes, whatever. I, I don't care who makes that last spot. 
it's it's Golden Knights and Avs or Bus for me in in this division. So, if you had to take a team, Golden Knights versus Avs right now, even though we're going to pre- preview the playoffs in what ten days or whatever, who would you yeah. take? I go Golden Knights. I think the Avs are the better team. I just I, like in a playoff series, something's telling me the Golden Knights come out on top. <sighs> I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> the the Golden Knights have probably people who are like fourth string goalies that are better than what the Avs are trotting out right now. And that that's a problem because Dubnik has been horrible and Johansson is not much better, but Dubnik has been like, uh, he is the most cooked that I've seen a goalie in a long time that I can remember where it's just like every game I watch the avalanche, it's like, this is not even close to an NHL goalie. Like it, it, he is bad. It's really bad. And it's depressing too. Cause I really like Devin Dubnik. I think he's cool as shit, but anyway. Uh, okay. The last two are my favorite two. So here we go. Number seven. Uh, we should all root for the Habs second half struggles to continue right <laughs> up until they have to play the Leafs in the first round. Of the playoffs. Um, uh, like we we want What's them the to reasoning on stumble that? into the well we want them to stumble into the playoffs right looking like shambles showing up just tattered oh and, and so that mess. way and that then, way they shock the leaves like Allen it's like a... or Carey Price or Caden Primo puts up a forty five sh- save shutout and Fred Anderson's getting beat by half ice dumpins yeah yeah uh, we can all collectively freak out across the nation and start figuring out where this is going to okay. go in seven games. Well, I'm not going to root for that, but um, because you know what I mean. Like, if the Habs come in on a hot streak and the Leafs come in on a hot streak, it's like, okay, well, they're both on a hot streaks. So let's look at the paper. Well, the Leafs are the better team, and then we all move on. But it, like, you know what I mean? Like, if the Habs come stumbling in the last minute and just make the playoffs mm-hmm. and don't look great, and they're missing a bunch of players, and then they still win Game One, how fucked is that going to be in terms of the the social media Twitter verse. Okay. So the fallout. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fallout would be interesting. And and here's what I'll say is that, um, it would be interesting to see, not that I think it would be anything, um, you know, unsound or anything crazy. It'd be interesting to see what happens if the Leafs were to lose in like five games of the Canadians. Right. Because like, this is a team where I think everyone, Personal feelings aside, I, I think everyone could admit that this team is uh, insanely good on paper. Uh, when you watch them play most nights, they're insanely good. And uh, even if you're one of those, like, while well, they're in the North Division people, well, they were also, like, really good for the last few years. So what do you do and, and like, who do you trade? And, and is it anyone? Um, is it Cal Dubas? Well, that's another question too, right? Like it, it would be interesting to see the the reaction, right. um, because you know, going back to to where we actually are, rather than being objective, like I'm a Leafs fan, and it's like, should they do much if they lose in the first round of five games to Montreal? Wouldn't wouldn't touch the team as much as possible. Uh, I, I I still still really think that this is a really good group. Um, 
you know, it's just, it's, it's hard for me to wager the whole, uh, did the Leafs lose because they don't care enough versus the whole, did they lose because they have Joe Thornton? Not, did they not win because they have Joe Thornton? Right. Because it's like, yeah, it's all great to have all this inspiration around you, but how much are those guys actually doing for you? Like, you know, put them in track suits and put them on the fucking coaching staff. Then if you want to win that bad, you know, so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, do they blow up the core? Probably not. I, 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 it all starts with Shanahan and does Shanahan do anything super drastic? No. Uh, so what would be drastic firing Dubas? He's not going to do that. Does Dubas do anything drastic? No. So the team wouldn't change much is my thought. And, uh, at least within reason. And at least I wouldn't change it much. So, um, cause you know, like Colorado, like Nathan McKinnon's been the guy there for a long time and you know, like if Colorado loses in the first two rounds, you can make the same argument about them. Would I worry with them? No. Would I worry with the Leafs? No. So, uh, would I root for Montreal? I mean, it'd be cool, but, but it's not, it's, it's not something I'm personally going to root for cause I'm a Leafs fan. So no. As Sean puts it, regardless, we'll all be uh, playing out the scene up here in Canada uh, from the parking lot in Anchorman by the first intermission of game one. So. <laughs> uh, and lastly, Sean points out a fantastic little piece of information that I did not realize. I find hard to believe, but the, the math checks out. Uh, we should all be paying attention to Max Domi and his penalty minute total for three reasons. Number one, uh, because if he takes the crown, it'd be really cool that him and his dad both had the crown for penalty minutes in the season. That'd be really cool, right? Uh, number two, okay. um, his penalty minutes are becoming a bit of a problem, and that's a storyline in Columbus. And we all love a good storyline in Columbus, right? Is John totally going to bench him? Is he going to get the penalty minute total uh, if he keeps taking the misconducts and, and such? And third, and most importantly, uh, Brutes, uh, currently... Max Domi has 71 minutes in penalties this season where Connor McDavid has 84 points and never before in the entire history of the national hockey league has the total number of points scored by the art Ross winner beaten out the total highest penalty minute total from a player in a season. This would be the first time in history that that would happen. Uh, insane to to think about is like that that is that has got to be one of the weirder stats to contemplate in the big picture especially when you go back to the the high-flying 70s and 80s yeah i mean like i'll say this it's weird that it's never happened but to that end i also think it's weird when i'm in like game 72 of my franchise mode and then, like, I take a penalty with, like, fucking Justin Hall or something. And they're like, yeah, he leads the league in penalties. What a terrible penalty. He has 48 minutes in penalties. And I'm like, oh, that's icky. It's icky. A few people got to have over 100. Like, come on. Like, what's wrong with this game? So the fact that it might happen in real life, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it'll make me feel better about my video games. Um, in, 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 in a shortened season, no less. Am I am I rooting for it? Should I root for it? Uh, I mean, fuck. This is the interesting interesting yeah. thing about the question. Should I root for it? Yeah, because I want there to be less. Um, want there to be less people who just haul down their teams with penalties 
because they're like waiting to fight a guy. Um, but on the same end, I'm I'm one of those people going back to your philosophical debate with the Turner conversation, who thinks there should be more penalties called in a game because I think the games are unwatchable because of the um. I'm not exaggerating. Probably 75 ish plays that happen in a game that should be penalties that don't get called. Uh, so I would like to see penalty minutes kind of rise up for these guys who are fucking useless. Um, but do I think Max Domi's one of those guys? No, not really. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of rooting for it, but like also there should be more penalties in a way. So I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. There what, you do go. You, what do you think? I, I, I want him to lead the league in penalty minutes because uh point that's one, cool. I think that'd be really cool with him and Ty having having done that together. Um and yeah, like I, I think absolutely that Connor McDavid uh should have more points in a season than whoever it is has penalty minutes in a season. And that goes back to my idea that I mentioned about how there should be more penalties called in a game, but maybe we should start reducing the number of minutes served to one so that we don't sure. feel so bad when we give these guys uh, 10 power plays a game. Okay, well, that uh, that's maybe uh, eight things that you can pay attention to the rest of the way as uh, the NHL season closes. Uh, a couple things that we want to touch on, some housekeeping. Uh, there are uh, a trio of players that uh, we want to talk about here that are all going to miss significant time. Uh, let's start with uh, Nikolai Ehlers, uh, the Winnipeg Jets winger that is having a career season. Uh, Brutes, obviously you write for the Jets, uh, or about the Jets at least. Mm-hmm. Um, how does this impact the, the rest of their season moving forward? Is this is this more of a, maybe a way to keep him healthy come playoff time and make sure he doesn't push anything that he has going on? Or is this something to be concerned about? It, it, it has to be something that they're concerned about. The the prob the problem here is that, you know, like with the Jets, obviously Ehlers Ehlers is having like a, a breakout season in the sense where, you know, he's putting up a lot more points and scoring a lot more goals than he ever has. Like, you know, I, I, I don't really think it's uh it's too shocking to say that he's been their best player this year. Like it's it's not even remotely close for me. If he's if he's only dealing with fatigue problems, like like there would be no reason to to sit him out. So he clearly is dealing with whatever he it is they say he's dealing with. But you know, this has to be something that they're kind of concerned about. I would think too, because just because like the Oilers can still pass them, uh, they still I think could have theoretically passed the Leafs. I haven't looked at standings in a few days, but like. You know, there there's still standings implications to be had here, and uh, without Ehlers in the lineup, like they are just uh, like I, I I'm not kidding when I would say, if I'm a Jets fan, I would rather have Brassois start the rest of the season than I would miss Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, he has been their best player far and away, so. It, it's tough to see. It's it's the most difficult injury that they've dealt with in a long time. I have not seen evidence that he was dealing with anything before that incident, so I do think he hurt himself uh, roughly on the play that Sportsnet thinks that he hurt himself on. Um, but yeah, no, it's the Muzzin hit. Yeah, it's uh, it's a huge huge loss. I, I think it's uh, it's one of the biggest injuries that any team's dealt with in season. Um, 
all year across the NHL. It's it's huge. And uh, I realize that Jets fans maybe, or other people, sorry, not Jets fans, people outside of Winnipeg have probably got used to dealing with Nikolai Ehlers as not, you know, good, but like, but like not amazing. Uh, but he is, he is one of the best players in the National Hockey League this year, for sure. Um, he would have probably a heart vote for me over Hellebuck at this point. That's how good he's been. So it's huge, but, uh, you want him healthy for the playoffs and hopefully this gets him there. Yeah. He's, he's probably my second favorite jet at this point And a, a big reason why their season has gone as well as it has second. Uh, I hope to see him back. I thought Ehlers was your yeah, guy. I'm, I look, uh, it's it's been Mark Shifley since the day they drafted him and oh, they made him oh, put on that yeah, blank you're NHL jersey. So, yeah, but I, I do love my Danes. I do love my Danes, as as everyone knows. I've been conflicted since Buffalo. Uh, retired. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. There you go. Well, I guess he's not retired. He might come back. <laughs> uh, another guy they're going to miss the rest of the season, and uh, that includes well because they won't make the playoffs the playoffs as well uh <laughs> carter hart is uh being shut down by the philadelphia flyers um probably easy to say that this was not his season um this might it's honestly tough. be for the best he can take the take the time reset try to refocus and uh, come back hopefully ready to go in october and i say that because i hate ruining goalies careers so I really want to see this guy come back because I picked him to win the Vesna, and uh, I don't know how to pick a Vesna winner uh, as it seems on this uh, this podcast. It's going to be amazing next year when the Vesna finalists are Carter Hart, Sergey Bobrovsky, and Martin Jones. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's tough. I I uh, I part of me would like to think that he's been dealing with that all year. But there are a lot of reasons why I really hope he he hasn't been dealing with any issues there too, um, notably because the Philadelphia Flyers have a uh, disgusting history of making players play through injuries. So um, yeah, I, I hope that this is something that's just happened in the last few days. And um, the problem here, if you're a Flyers fan, is that he has a lot to he has a lot to work on right now like he 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 is a goaltender who needs to completely reinvent his game or or fix some sort of a major issue that's been there all season um and the fact that he might not have the whole off season to do that now that that's a problem so uh this is an issue where it uh it doesn't just affect them now it could affect them moving forward so that that's a huge injury for sure it's hard to say like a uh, I, I hope there's no lasting impact going into next season for the guy, but um, yeah, but by all accounts, it has, it has been a bad, you know, a down season for, for Carter and, and, and the flyers as well. So um, keeping him around really wasn't an option. I don't think regardless of how you slice this, but um that brings us to our final player on our trio here. And that is the mysterious case of Jonathan Druin, who stepped away for personal reasons. And uh, as of record, we don't have anything beyond that in terms of, you know, perhaps why he's not with the team at this time. Um, a, a bizarre kind of circumstance. This, this feels a lot like 
not not a lot like it, but this this is very similar to the Jonathan Tave situation where we really weren't sure what was going on and there was a lot of speculation going on to the the finer details of, of why he was uh, not with the team. Um, is, is that along the lines that you, you perceive it to be, or is this maybe something else altogether? It, it, it's similar vein when you're looking to dissect the two situations. Um, do I think that they're dealing with two similar things? I have no idea, of course. I, and I realize it's not what you're asking, but it's, you know, it's, um, it's one of those things where uh, the moment that they say it's a personal situation that they're asking for privacy, you know that there's something serious going on. You know that it's not a situation where, you know, he, he needs some time to be with uh, his grandfather who's sick or something like that. It's, it's one of those things where um, he's clearly dealing with something serious because uh you know, if, if it were anything semi-serious, I guess, you know, we would know what it is and, and people would want to support them. But the, 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 the idea that they don't want there to be two sides of the equation, um, you know, it, it means that whatever's going on is sensitive and, and that's, uh, that's fine. You know, it happens all the time. So, um, you know, I, I, uh, I really like Jonathan Druin. I um I think he's a good dude. I think he works really hard for the most part and uh I think he is capable of making plays that there's not a lot of guys in the league that are. So, um I wish him well. I I I thought he was having a good year for Montreal every time I watched him. I thought he was playing pretty well. Um uh, maybe he doesn't have the numbers to support it, but he's very important for them and um you know what, by all accounts he seems like a a good dude too. So, it's a weird it's a weird situation and and i just hope everything's okay with him yeah only only the two goals to speak for this season buddy he he does have a knack for finding guys with the pass 21 assists 23 points on the year um i'm right there with you like i i like the guy um i wish him obviously the best i i don't i don't want to speculate i don't know if this is a performance thing where he's not feeling right or if it's a mental thing he's not feeling right um but regardless whatever the issue is i i hope everything works out for him i want to see him back you know despite despite us being leaf fans that you know probably don't want the best for the montreal canadians we want the best for the dude personal uh person on a personal level so um yeah hoping everything is okay with him all right, we got uh, we got a game. We're going to end on a game this week. Uh, busy episode, obviously. Uh, once again, we thank Rodzi Albazuras for coming out and talking to us. Um, but uh, no, no overrated, no top ten. We're just going to finish with some fun, some some good old good old fashioned quiz quiz knowledge uh, that I'm sure everyone probably hates. But we're going to do it anyway. So, uh, <laughs> brutes, we're going to play the the Carey Price game. It's my podcast. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I am. Um, this is the, uh, or as I like to think of it, the clue game. I get a bunch of, I get to guess some clues and then I get to guess a player, right? Yeah, you've, you've, you've nailed it pretty much exact. I'm going to, I have one uh, article I have to pull up here, but uh, as I do so, I'll explain the game. I'm going to give you a series of questions and uh, 
you accumulate points based on answering those questions. And then when you're done, you get to spend those points on clues to figure out the, uh, the various, you know, aspects of a, a player uh, and his hockey reference page. Make sense? It does. Okay. So uh, I've, I've changed things up this time around. I've got oh, no. two rounds for you. I've got two rounds. Uh, one's pretty straightforward. The other one is uh, shorter, but there's more points to be had. So we'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, and if you're ready, I will give you question number one. I guess. Okay. Uh, question one, Brutes. How many teams that have had the second overall pick in any given draft ended up having the first overall player from that same year play for their team? Now, this oh. this is inspired. This is inspired by Taylor Hall joining the Boston Bruins. Who of course drafted Tyler Sagan in 2010. So oh, that's, so that's the first one. But is it the player from that same year or just in general? Like how many times have uh, uh like did the did the basically like the Anaheim Ducks when they had Bobby Ryan, did they ever have a, a first overall pick on the team? No. No, it, it's it's specifically that draft. So the the Bruins. So the first and second overall second pick overall... play together, or at least like, eventually the they both franchise. played for that team. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So I've I've, I've given you one. Mm-hmm. You you you've gotten Boston and Taylor Hall and Tyler Sagan. I'll give, I'll give you a point for that one. How many others can you? Uh, how many teams have done it uh, otherwise? Since otherwise. Um, look, like I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend on this one. I have no idea. I, I've never thought about that, but it's a super interesting stat. Um, do you come up with this one or is this a Sean? This is me. Wow. Great one. Um, I'll, I'll go. Okay. The draft's been around 50 years, roughly. Oh, fuck. It, it could not have happened many times. I'll go four. I was going to say three. I'll go four. Uh, you are correct. So you get a point. <laughs> Instances, please. <laughs> That's uh, well, here, here's the thing. Uh, bonus, I'll give you a correct point for each player you can identify that this happened to. Oh, fuck. Uh, the, teams, the teams were San Jose, the New York Islanders, the Hartford Whalers, and the St. Louis Blues. I feel like the Blues has got to be an obvious one, but... The Blues, the Islanders, and who? Sharks and Whalers. Sharks. I feel like I got to get the Sharks, no? A first and a second overall pick. So the team that had the second overall pick that ended up getting the first overall pick in that draft on their team at some point. I feel like the the only time the Sharks have ever had a First or second overall pick's got to be Pat Falloon. I don't think I, I don't think I know who the other player would be though. The Hammerlick draft? No. Uh, wait, Hammerlick? Oh no, that might be a different draft too. Am I getting really confused here? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Okay, so I all I have to do is name one of the two players or two of the two players or or. 
you you get a point for every player you name. So did the sh- I know okay I know the Sharks had one of them. Did the Sharks have Pat Falloon and Alexander Dag? Were they the same draft? Uh, uh they were not the same drafts, and uh, okay. you get no points for that answer. I was gonna say that, I was gonna say they had them both, but well, actually, I don't know if Dag technically played a game there. Okay, um, it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Is it? Can I? I can re-guess the same guys. Sure. Is it Pat Falloon and Roman Hammerlick? That is also incorrect. Oh dear God! <laughs> All right, maybe the Sharks are not my guys. When the fuck did Pat Falloon get drafted? Wait, I'll go one more. Pat Falloon and Vincent Domfus. Uh That is also incorrect. Pat Falloon was a top two pick. I hope though. <laughs> he, he was second overall. In All right. Thank thank God. Yeah. Ninety one. I don't know who that would have been. Uh, I'm. I'll just keep guessing who that could have been. Um, Blues, Whalers. Hmm. You know what, James? I'll I'll just retire. I I I, I you got, don't you got know. The point. This is, I this don't is know. Point. Yeah, exactly. So I I don't know. Uh, so you had Taylor Hall and Taylor Sagan, which happened in 2010, of course. The San Jose Sharks drafted second overall in 1997, and they picked up a little guy by the name of Patrick Marlowe. Oh, son of a go on son of a play bitch. The most games in NHL history. The guy that went first that year was Joe Thornton. Of the Boston Bruins. That balloon was top now, two pick, though. I'm, uh, not, I'm not wrong on that. At least yeah, I got he, that he part right. Second overall, 91. All right. Thank Christ. Yeah. At least I got something right. You're right. All right. Uh, two years prior, in 95, the Islanders drafted a guy at second overall by the name of Wade Redden. Now, funny enough, mm. uh, they traded him to the Ottawa Senators for a guy mm. that they drafted first overall True. by the name of Brian Burrard. True. I thought about now, Burrard. Back, then, yeah. You got to go back 12 years prior to the Hartford Whalers who selected Sylvan Turgeon second overall in 1983 and later had the first overall pick that was Brian Lawton that year. Well, uh, first overall prick, I would say. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And the St. Louis Blues were the first <laughs> to pull the, the feet in 1979 when they drafted Perry Turnbull, who... Uh, second overall in uh, that uh, year, only to later have Rob Ramage join the team yeah. uh, in the nineties. So cool! Who wouldn't have gotten? It's okay, that? you still got the point. That was all. That was all bonus. So. Thank you. Um, question two, Brutes. I want you to put the uh, Sutter brothers in order from oldest to youngest, and I'll give you one point for each correct spot that you get. Okay. Okay. I was gonna say I so can't. You've I can't the, name them all. Yeah, you've got the options of Brent, Brian, Daryl, Dwayne, Rich, and Ron in alphabetical order. Uh, put them in, alpha, uh, in 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 age of oldest to youngest, if you can. All right. So, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> Brian. Brian. Wait, Darryl, Brian. Dwayne. Brent. Oh, there's, there's Brian. Two for each letter. Daryl. Brian. No, I was gonna say Darryl, yeah. I Dwayne, thought so. Dwayne. Rich and Ron. Rich. Ron. So, um, 
is this going to go like I can just I can put them in order and you'll give me a point for each correct one I get, right? Yeah. I feel like Greg Wyshynski on this. It's like, all right, so explain this to me like as if I'm a child. Okay, so your parents give so you money get right, I get for a right, lemonade right? stand, right? And then you only spend $9 out of the 10 they give you for the lemonade stand. So mm-hmm. next year, they're only going to give you $9. Okay. Wow. I have knowledge of two of them. Um, yeah. Like, I know all six exist. I just, I, wow. So work on what I know. Brent, I think, is younger than, younger than Daryl. He's got to be. He looks a lot younger. So Daryl's like 64. I don't think any of them are dead. Uh, I think Dwayne's younger than Daryl, maybe. So let's go. Fuck, I almost, I might go in reverse order here. I'm going to go Ron. You go youngest. You, you go youngest. I'm going to go... No, no, no. Sorry. I'm going to go in reverse order of them alphabetically. <laughs> oh, I see. So, yeah. And I can already tell it's probably not right based on your reaction that that was not a first. Like, wow, he got it. Um. Okay. I'm going to say Rich is the oldest. Okay. Rich. Okay. I'll go Rich, Ron, Daryl, Dwayne... Brian Brent. Brian, I think, is a lot older now that I say it, but that's what I'm going to go. Final answer? Yeah, sure. What the hell? I, I don't know. So. <laughs> okay. Um, you got none correct. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, you I, have to get the order correct. Uh, you know, you have to get something right. So, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I, I figured this was like one of those ones where like if you threw a blind dart at the board you'd get one but um so rich and ron were twins and instead of the oldest oldest, they're the youngest really no they are they are the youngest so they didn't do anything (laughs) really a lot i don't know anything about them so yeah uh the order we were looking for was brian at the oldest who's 64 daryl is 62 Oh, well, Dwayne is 61. Brent is 58. And Rich and Ron are, uh, take your pick, uh, who was born first. Uh, first but, See, I would have uh, thought, thought Brent looks good. He does. I'll give Brent yeah, some does. credit. Brent looks good for his age. Yeah. Hmm. So you picked up nothing there, unfortunately. Oh, good. good for me. Uh, fuck fuck the, the good news, Brutes, is question three. Speaking of the Sutters, which of the following hockey families have combined to score the most goals? Okay. Is it the nine Gretzky's. Sutters? Oh. Is it the is it the two Gretzkys? Is it the four stalls? Is it the three hulls? Or is it the four hows? Three. Oh. Nine Sutters. Two Gretzky's, two Gretzky's, four stalls, four stalls, three hulls, four hows. It's got to be the four hows. Final answer. Sorry, that's your, that's your answer. No. All right. Uh, they they are in third. How for the three hulls? 
Well, Gordy did a lot of the heavy lifting there. He had 801 of them. His brother Vic had six career goals. Uh, his oh. son Marty had seven career goals. Yeah. Mark had 120 or so. No, I, uh, I thought Mark had more. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, the Sutters were in second. The Hulls are the, the, the winners here. Uh, Brett obviously was 741. Bobby was 600 or so. Question. And Dennis chipping in a, a couple hundred as well. So he, he didn't get that one either. This is. So it's not shaping up well. I got the one point so far through three questions, but that's fine. Hope, I could use a challenge in this game. Okay. Uh, question four, Brutes. The WHA, you're familiar with the WHA, the World mm-hmm. Hockey Association? Yeah. Hull. Uh, How? Yeah. <laughs> the Hulls. Uh, he, he, he was prominent. Um, they, they, it only existed for seven years. The, the WHA was around for seven seasons. In those seven seasons, did WHA players combine to account for more or less 120 point seasons than Wayne Gretzky put up in the NHL? Total. Like how many people put up 120 points in those years? Yeah. Seven seasons, 120 point years. Uh, was that more or less than Wayne Gretzky did? Less. 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 Uh, there were 15 120 or more point seasons in the WHA, one of which was Bobby Hull, uh, where Wayne Gretzky had 14 120 point seasons in the NHL. So that is also incorrect. It's bullshit. Uh, And finally, Brutes, number five, uh, Alexander Dagg, Mark Andre Fleur, and and Ryan Nugent Hopkins were all drafted first overall, played a full NHL season. And then participated in, in the World Junior Championships a year later. How is this possible? Well, how, how is it not possible? They were drafted at eighteen. Yeah. Play they played a year and then either a lockout or their team let them go. No. Well, which is uh, uh, well. Oh, go lockout. I guess, right? Like they, they were all drafted around a lockout. Flurry was 03. Eugene Hopkins was 2011. I don't remember the DAG year, but I, I think it's 92. So I'm going to go. There was a lockout the next year and they were allowed to go. That is absolutely correct. It, it was a lockout season that allowed them to participate in the World Juniors as 19 year olds. Fucking right. There you go. So you, you, got, you got two points to spend. To spend, um, and uh, I've uh, I've got three players ahead of me. So, do you want player A, B, or C? I think C's worked out for me. So, let's hope for the best. You're gonna go C, okay? All right. So, uh, you can spend two points. Excuse me. And I will tell you either of their position, their handedness, their last or current team, their country of origin, the team that they've drafted them, the draft position, the draft year, the number of Stanley Cup rings they have, their games played, their season high points or wins, their most frequently worn jersey number, or their awards, which you can spend multiple points on. What would you like? I don't have any clue going in. 
You have no clue going in. I'm so sorry. They play in the NHL. How's that? I don't know why I thought I had a clue going in. Okay. Um, position? You want their position. According to Hockey Reference, this player was a left winger. Last team they played for is an option, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. Uh, the Washington Capitals. <laughs> okay, and I don't know if that's current, right? Like that, there's just no way for me to know. Like they, they could still be there. The last team they played for was the Washington Capitals. Okay, <laughs> I will go. <laughs> See, like I could I love go. How you didn't go for like a era specific question, like. Oh, what nah. year were they drafted? <laughs> or... No, because that, that helps less. Like it could be a guy. It could be a guy who got drafted in '94 but never played till 2004, and it's like he played like 10 years for some reason. You, you know what I mean? Like could have been. It could have been a Tim Thomas situation for some reason. And I just got creeped out about that. This guy also could have been drafted in 1974 yeah. or 2018, for all you know. That's right. So it's two guys. It's either Ovechkin or Matt right. Pettinger, as far as I'm concerned. Sure. sure. Um, I will go. I'll go Brooks like. Okay, that's a fair guess. Uh, we were looking for Brian Bellows. He was drafted by the Capitals. No, he was last played for the Capitals. Oh, shit. I was thinking I went the other way around. See, I asked the question, and I, for some reason, mistakenly. Okay, fair enough. Okay. You have, you have time to make up. we got Not one my more round to go. Now, this, one, <laughs> this one's shorter. There's only three questions, All right. but there's more points available. Okay? Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Question one. Scoring his 36th goal tonight, Austin Matthews is on pace to win his first ever Rocket Richard Trophy. Uh, Brutes, how many other players have won the award while playing for a Canadian franchise? So was, I thought you were going to say Toronto Maple Leafs. It's like, well, basically nobody. How many, or do I have to name them? I just have to come up with a number? Yeah, come up with a number. Yeah, how many how many other players have won the Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy while playing for a Canadian franchise? See, the problem is I have to f- for sure remember the year that they brought the trophy in. Which like I think was like 1999. Like I think that was the I feel like that was the like the weird one they brought in like toward the end. Um Oh man. I'll I'll go I'll go with two. No, three. I'll go three. Okay, well that is incorrect. Okay. We were looking for one. Uh, Jerome Ginla is the only other player on a Canadian franchise to win the Maurice Rocket Richard. Oh, you know what I hadn't considered, too, was that when... (laughs) 
You know what I hadn't considered is with that when Heatley had scored 50 goals was that Ovechkin was also in the league. Uh, yeah, kind of yeah, missed that. It. Yeah, because Heatley had two fifties. Uh, bonus point to you, sir. Uh, if you can name the last Maple Leaf player to lead the league in goals, Rick Vive. Uh, he is one of uh, four to have 50 goals, but that is incorrect. We were looking for uh, Thunder Bay's own Gay Stewart, who did so in 1945 oh, yeah. or 46. Right. No, yeah, I forgot about yeah. my guy. Thunder, my Thunder guy. Bay's own. Yeah. Living it's probably, probably, probably related there. to Ralph Stewart, uh, and I don't even know about it somehow. But Right. Had dinner with Ralph last year. But... David chasing... With Conor McDavid chasing down 100 points, should Matthews hold on, it will mark how many times that two different players from Canadian cities have led the league in both goals and points? Since the uh, league's inception? So obviously, like back in the, so like obviously back in the 80s, Wayne Gretzky was on the Oilers, and he had a few years where he would win both goals and points. So he doesn't count. But how many how many players from two different teams or sorry, two different two different players on Canadian franchises led Yeah, so so points, so like Gretzky points, doing both goals. doesn't count. Gretzky doing both doesn't count. No. Okay. Yeah. So and uh, this is going back both in 02 doesn't count. To the league's inception, right? We're not talking since yeah. like 89 or some shit. Right. Uh wow. Again, probably a crapshoot. But it can't be that many. You know what I mean? Like it it would be like uh Yeah. Like all I can control is what I remember recently. And again, like if if Aginla Aginla, nobody since Aginla. I don't know. Let's go let's go let's go six was my first guess. Let's go six. Okay, you're you're close. We're looking for eight. Now, bonus points. I'll I'll give you a one correct point for each player that you can identify that led uh, in in those years. Category. If you go, if you go three wrong in a row, you're you're done. But in those years, like just you're looking for one of those names. So I get 16 possible names. You got 16 names here. Yeah. Just name some players. And if you get Holy it right, shit. I'll give you an extra point. All right. Maurice the Rocket Richard. That's correct for t- two points. He did it twice. Let's go Ted Kennedy. There you go. That's incorrect. So you're 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 down one. George Armstrong. That's also incorrect. Jean Beliveau. Another one wrong. I got. I got to stop you. I'll go Jean Beliveau. Beliveau. He did lead in goals one year, so that that's correct for a third point, and we reset your counter. Guy Lafleur. Uh, he led in points one year. That is also correct. So I'll give you another point. Daryl Sittler. And that is incorrect. So that is your Bastards. first strike. Bastards. Uh, 
Rick Vive. That is incorrect. That is your second strike. Hmm. I thought maybe he read he had led the one year that Gretzky led. Um okay. I need to think about this one, maybe. Well, how many Canadian teams were there? Well, hmm. Could be an obvious one I'm missing, eh? Bellavo, we got Richard. LaFleur. Remember, these guys don't have to come from different teams. They could be on the same team the same season, but they're different guys. Oh, no. I thought uh, I thought we had established that's not the case, but that, that doesn't change my guesses very much. Yeah, there can't be a lot of options, right? Like, uh, not a Canuck. Well, no, there could be Canucks. Hmm. See, I can't even find a good guess to round it out, though. Like, I got to guess something I believe in. I can't. Uh, the Patriots yeah. are picking right now. Um, hmm. You know what, man? Like, just just going with the going with the averages here. I, like, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just gonna go sell apps. Wow, I appreciate the guess. It is incorrect. Not my guy. Eh? Wow. So you, you pick up four points. Uh, Yari Curry led the league in goals in 1986, and a little guy by the name of Wayne Gretzky had the most points. I didn't think Yari Curry ever did that. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, 76 goals for Curry. Uh, you got Guy Lafleur, who led in points in 77, but Steve Shutt led the league in goals that year. You got Bellavo in 59, who led in goals, but Dickie Moore had the points. Maurice Richard had the goals in 55 and 45. It was Jeffrey on in 55 and Elmer Lack with points in those two years. Beyond that, Charlie Conacher of the Leafs and Busher Jackson of the Leafs in 32. Babe Dye and a guy, I kid you not, by the name of Punch Broadbent in 22. And Babe Dye and Newsy Lalonde in 21. So while I didn't I thought about Babe Dye, Punch Broadbent. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> Babe Dye came to mind. I had no idea New Zealand Lawn ever played for a Canadian team. I think of him as a Bruin from uh, a million years ago. There you go. Well, you got four points out of that, regardless. And 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 here we go. Your last question. Um. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I'm good to go. Like I I just start guessing, right? No, I'm gonna, I'm going to give you the last question here. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You have a. <laughs> I thought that was the last question. I thought it was good to guess. All right. What's the question? Nope. Question three. Since the year you were born, Bruce. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, I don't want to age me too been, much. Have there been more players that led the league in assists that were born in Canada or born outside of Canada? Uh, the league in assists, eh? I'll go. Uh, I'll go outside of Canada. Okay. Uh, well, unfortunately, this is a trick question, and it's tied. There were ten from each. Now, nobody likes a uh, a trick question, Brutes. So that's why uh, I need to give you an extra special uh, chance to uh, get a lot of points here. Okay. A lot. Of, a lot of chances here. Okay. So since he doesn't make this episode uh, longer. I'm going to give you five points if you can clear all ten from either cat- category or both, if you want to take a stab at both. Uh, but I'm going to take away one point for each that you get wrong. So you got five on the table. 
I'm going to reduce that by each one that you get wrong. There are 10 non-Canadian-born guys. There are 10 Canadian-born guys that have led the league in assists since you were born. Uh, you can do both categories. You can do one or the other. Uh, I'll, I'll let you pick where you want to start. Wow. All right. Uh, Joe Thornton. Sorry, so you're going to go Canada. Oh, wait, do I have to pick a lane? I thought I could just name guys from either side. My bad. Yeah, there's there's ten from from non Canada and there's ten from Canada. You can so I have both, to pick if I'm doing one. Canadian or not Canadian. Right, it's up to you. Uh I'll still probably do Canadian. Okay, we'll we'll start with Canada. Uh, if you want to come back and do the the non Canada, we can do that as well. Oh, so you will give me points for for either or. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. Okay, but I can't, but yeah. I can't just, I can't just start. Naming guys and name like eighty guys and right. Tell them out of guys, otherwise I'll get negative. Okay, so um, okay, so I'll start with we'll Canada. Canada. I'm gonna do Joe Thornton. That is correct. I'm gonna do um, I'll do Connor McDavid. That is correct. I'll do Sidney Crosby. Twenty years. I'll do close to 30. I'll do Martin Saint-Louis. That is correct. Have led the league in assists over the last 20 years. 20 years? 30 years. Since you were born. Since I was born. So it's 20. It's 20. Well, I don't want to say. Um, Yeah. Wayne Gretzky. That is correct. Thank Christ. And that, that, that might be the end of the guessing here. Let me think about it. Um, no, I, I think I have one more that I feel confident about, although it might sound hilarious if I'm wrong. Taylor Hall? That is incorrect. Mm. So you're down to four points that you can gain from this category. Bastards. Okay. Uh, so I can, I, I, I'm going to switch to North American, I think now. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. So you're giving them that. I'll give you. I thought that's what no, we were doing. No, no, you're supposed to clear the board, but what I'll do is I'll give you half the points for the guys you got. So you got six names. Right. Oh, oh, points. oh, oh, can I, can I just retire? then? <laughs> I don't think I have that many North American. Can I? Can I just retire with sure. four points? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you half. Okay, so I'll give you three. Uh, well, how many did I get? Gretzky, I got Lemieux, six. Thort, one, two, three, four, five. You got six. Yeah, I can't just retire so, with David, six. No, you'll retire with three. You're supposed to clear the board here. That's, that's come on. Oh, I didn't. But I get negative yeah. points for. Wow. All right, well, no, whatever. Okay, so, no, but I'm I'm gonna guess European still. Then fuck it. Okay, you got Gretzky, Lemieux, Thornton, Saint Louis, Crosby, and David Wright. You're missing Ron Francis, Adam Oates, Mark Recchi, and Claude Giroux. From I I I've never gotten the last two, but fair enough. Okay, uh, European, go ahead, or or non Canada, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yarmir Yager. That is correct. Peter Forsberg. 
That is correct. All right. Um, hmm. Led the league though, eh? Mm-hmm. In assists. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I got everybody, so don't really think about Europeans as much, I guess. Eh? I don't know. Shocking. No, I don't know what to make of this. I got Forsberg. I got Yager. You do. Sergey Fedorov. That is incorrect. So if I were to retire right now, would I have negative points or? <laughs> you wouldn't have negative. You wouldn't get anything. Mm. If you guess, mm. if you guess again and get wrong, you would have negative until you guess again, I guess. Artemi Panarin. That is incorrect. Hmm. So I can just guess till the cows come home right now because it doesn't really matter. Well, you're you're now negative um, one, so so I owe you a game next time. Um, you owe me a yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Uh, since I was born, eh? Hmm. Simpson, eh? Yager. Since you were born. There are other European players, eh? Hmm. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll keep digging my hole. Sergey Zubov. That is incorrect. Alexei Kovalev. Also incorrect. <laughs> All right, I, I'm fucked. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'm done. Like whatever. Right. <laughs> so you were missing. You were missing in order. Scott Gomez. Evgeny Malkin. What? Go- Gomez is American. Sedin. Yes, non-Canadian-born players. Oh fuck! I fuck you. Fuck. When you said European, I just started thinking non-North American. Oh, I never uh... said European, my guy. I said Canada and non-Canada. I can no. I uh, I can swear Evgeny you fucking Malkin? said you said something about your. Oh, maybe it was just me, and then you were correcting me. Anyway. Uh, so go start from Gomez. Gomez, yeah, Gomez, Evgeny Malkin, uh, Henrik Sedin did it a couple times, three in a row, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom nailed it with Washington the year Ovechkin had a big year. Uh, Eric Carlson, uh, led the league in assists that, yeah. one year with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, and the last three winners until McDavid wins it this year. Uh, Blake Wheeler with the Winnipeg Jets. Hmm. Uh, Nikita Kucherov two years ago. And last season's winner, Leon Dreisaitl. So, not too bad. Some points to be had there. Uh, Brutes, you have five clues to spend. Do you want player A or player B? Well, I have no points, so give me player A. You have five. You have you have five points. That ain't no points. No, you have you have five points to spend. Where'd I get those? Um. Okay. Uh. Let's go. Uh. Uh. Position. Sorry. Which which player were you picking? 
A. Player A or B? Let's go A. 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 Okay. Sorry. So you want position? Uh, that would be center. Okay. Um. Do I get? Do I get? Um. Okay. So he's the center. Let's go draft year. Nineteen ninety-two. Career games played. Eight hundred and fifty. Don't like where this is going. Draft team. The Ottawa Senators. Last team played for. Uh, the Say New it. York Islanders. There it is. <laughs> no way. Please be my guy. Uh, I would like to solve the puzzle. Sure, Pat. Is it Alexi Yashin? It sure is. Let's go! There you go. The All redemption right. Well, it wasn't horrible. <laughs> All that just to nail Yashin in 45 seconds. Uh, the tale of Shane Corson's career. There you go. All that to nail Yash and 40. You get it? Uh, well, that was good. That's everything. We we got to everything, I think. Eh? That's everything. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, I'm on the high button, you know, as I always am. Uh, yeah. I am not. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. Hmm. Thanks to uh, Razi Abazuras once again. <laughs> Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, like we're thankful, but we'll keep uh, we'll keep thanking him. Um, yeah, you know, my thanks to Razi Albazuras once again. Okay, and we'll see you all uh, <laughs> uh, a week from now, and I guess that will be a, about the end of the regular season. I, I suppose. Yeah, playoff previews, maybe an awards episode, depending how that works out. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how everything goes. It's a first year ever where it's like, um, do you want to do the I'll awards episode next week or do you want to do this next week? And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Like uh, the season might not end for three more weeks, even though it's supposed to end next week. Who who knows? So I don't know. We might have an awards episode yeah. for you. Uh, maybe nobody plays this week because something happens. Who knows? So uh, we'll tr- we'll try to get wow, on it. That's depressing. What's well, reality? I don't, okay. I don't know. They might cancel a bunch of shit. Who knows? Sure. The Canucks. I don't know if you realize this. Canucks are supposed to play till like uh, May twenty first. So lots of season left for them. Oh, I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those games are definitely going to happen. Anyway, goodbye. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Here, just eat that! Leave us alone! Uber 
SUVs. We used to ride around the city streets. Only six of us, but we would pull up like we 50 deep. If you want to hang with us, you got to bring some drugs at least. Life was seen. Pull up, make a scene like it's Steve McQueen. Flights at Atlantis, the drip outlandish. I just spent 10 racks and sacks fifth in the standard. I ain't never asked to be this way. I ain't planning. It It starts with good intentions. I end up doing damage. Look, I'ma tell you how this ends before it even starts. I'ma have to make amends after I break your heart. I'ma flirt with all your friends and then we break apart. If our story was a play, it'd be a tragedy. There's a reason why my exes all still mad at me. And that's another love I killed, another casualty. How this thing go from a blessing to catastrophe? It's a travesty. I can't help I'm it. a professional bad decision maker. I know I broke your heart, but I love you regardless. Professional bad decision maker. Know the end is the hardest. Wish I could restart it. Professional bad decision maker. Wish that I could be honest. I love you regardless. Professional bad decision maker. Yeah, I'm a professional bad decision maker. They should write a movie about the shit that we did. Deviated septums from the drugs that we did You think I learned from my past But I'm a creature of habit We had so much gone for us, man What happened is tragic My girl is a savage Bad influences all around me Drunk at Bagatelle, all drunk My table is rowdy Had to let go of Ali I regret if I'm honest I'm draped in designer Said I needed the one and I found her Now she's back in Portland Had to say this shit is important I ruined everything I love Man, this shit is like torture Sorry that you had to deal with it Rehashing old wounds Still won't let you heal with it Yo, you hear this shit? Yeah Skizzy back on this shit again 5K for the fit again Fucked up at the win again Me and my dogs the same like a synonym It's ridiculous I can't help I'm a professional bad decision maker I know I broke your heart But I love you regardless Professional bad decision maker Know the end is the hardest Wish I could restart it Professional bad decision maker Wish that I could be honest I love you regardless Professional bad decision maker Yeah, I'm a professional bad decision maker